Yo. It's Grapsody with Will, Phil, and Reg Trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads It's Grapsody, we're here to fill the void Three black fans, different perspective, gotta fill your voice Coming with the podcast, talking majors, indies in between Yeah, it's all that, and we're down with Fightful, better fall back Coming for respect, we connect like a ball bat No need to double check, these are all facts You're listening to us talk raps you're listening to us talk craps. Will Phil and Reg. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. And happy Halloween, everybody. We are Grapsity, and we are here to talk craps. And I am Will Washington, aka uh, Sting, if he used dollar store makeup. And I am not alone here because I am also joined by Mr. Philip Lindsay. Boom, 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 boom. Um, just want to say, first of all, um, tomorrow is Halloween. And last year on Hall- Halloween, we lost a legend in MF Doom. Just want to celebrate that man. Um, the way he passed was really, really strange. We didn't find out until New Year's Eve day, but he did actually pass on Halloween 2020. And man, I can't say enough about what Doom meant to me as an artist. Probably the best underground rapper of all time. Rest in peace. All time. I love MF Doom, so I'm not going to... You know what? Rest in peace. Now we go argue. <laughs> no need to argue on a tribute. Also Word. here, by the way, is Righteous Reg. Double R, double cookie cutter. Yo, check it out. I'm a luchador at the uh, at his press conference. Like, yeah, I'm about to be at Triple Mania on Thursday. I'll see y'all. Yo, they, uh, tomorrow is actually Doom Day now that they announced. So they're doing this crazy show out in uh, San Francisco. There's going to have all these dope uh, i didn't know that beat maker it's gonna be a crazy day tomorrow so shout out to mf doom it's righteous ridge we out here tomorrow's halloween i don't know how these luchadors do this i can't see anything <laughs> i can't hear how do you call a spot how do you like look around how do you do flips like what are you talking about bro it's crazy out here yeah i almost because i've got a ray mysterio mask upstairs and a that I actually bought in mexico um oh, yeah i bought this one in it, mexico too yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, and I almost wore that, but then I'm like, eh, nah. Uh, and so, yeah, I ran to Dollar Tree and grabbed uh, some, hey, you know, it's not horrible. Could be worse. Hey, Dollar Store Sting <laughs> is out here. Hey, man, got to do what you got to do. Let's yep. Um, But hey, friends, it's Saturday. It is October 30th. This is Grap City Episode 5. We have officially... As of this episode, completed our first month of shows. We made it through the month of October. Oh, let's go. Hey. Yeah, so that's cool. And uh, yeah, I've been, I've just been overjoyed. It's it's definitely been different for me doing this show over the last month um, because I'm used to doing evening podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. Other than like that that little seven week run I did wrestling with weekends, but other than that, uh, so it's it's been different. It's been fun. But uh, I am still just elated over getting to do this every Saturday and having everybody join us and uh, seeing everybody sending their super chats, such as Ryan, uh, who said, I don't know if I could take you guys seriously being on the payroll of (laughs) WWE and AEW. That's right. I'm saying both. Uh, For real, though, love this show. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, You're getting two paychecks, Ryan. They They all know. And DKC Returns says, got paid. Here's your cut. 
Thank you. Thank you guys for being here on a Saturday morning, man. Yeah. I know if you're on the West Coast like me, it's early. So yeah. like, we appreciate y'all. Yeah. And uh, Terrence says, y'all killing the game as always. In your opinion, will it be disappointing if WWE doesn't sign Gresham, uh, Lethal, and Adora? Also, who goes to WWE? You know what? That's going to be a big topic for later. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so, probably the we'll biggest topic know. of the show. So we're we going to talk about everything you just said, my yeah, bro. Everything you said there. That's that's probably uh, uh, what am I talking about? That's the biggest topic today. Yeah. Uh, and shout out D'Lo Diggs. Uh, it says, "Sup, my brothers. Hope y'all are well going to or uh, wait are well going oh, to go to Pro Wrestling Revolver. Revolver. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, Revolver tonight." Um, also got Grab City shirts ordered and on the way. Thank you. We always appreciate that. Moxley's on that show with uh, Jimmy Jacobs. So that should be a pretty big show tonight, I think. And you know what? Uh, <laughs> we actually talked about that before the show. I'm going to bring up Mike Scally's comment. Because he said, so how long before that one guy on Twitter takes Will and Phillips costumes? <laughs> we talked about that. Hey, man. I, I did laugh. <laughs> so I was like, yo, full white face, man. Yep, yeah, full white face. I was like, face. yo, double white face. I'm yep, like, double white face. Like, yep. That's what we're doing out here. What y'all going to do about it? Yes. <laughs> uh and uh says uh timothy says my book on black freedom movement got picked up by a publisher this week and want to pay it forward uh love you guys despite working for a white and thank you uh thank you and look uh, honestly uh yeah congratulations um that's 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 dope that's amazing that is really cool yeah um and also send me the link yeah send us the link uh we want to see that um and then also uh Thank you, Kate. Uh, we got another one uh, from Casey uh, 4L Wrestling Takes. Uh, says, sending some love to my three brothers on the grind, giving their takes in the IWC. Salute. Appreciate Thank you. Y'all. Appreciate y'all. Joe. Thank you. Uh, rare Saturday off, so I'm pumped to be able to watch live. This show rules. Keep killing it. Oh, Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Joe. And uh, Jacob, thank y'all for awesome content every Saturday. Something I look forward to every weekend. Keep rocking, y'all. Honestly, we love you guys. Um, yeah, you guys are dope. Yeah, uh, love you guys. Yeah, if you want to be part of the show, get your stuff read. Um, Definitely head on over and join us every Saturday. Um, we're at youtube.com slash Fightful. Um, give us your thumbs up. Give us your super chats. Join our discussions. Um, send us your questions over on our Twitter, um, which is Grapsity Pod. Uh, and definitely follow our Twitter if you're not yet. Uh, and that's uh, Grapsity Pod. Uh, but there's wrestling to talk about. Lots of wrestling to talk about. A lot. Um, one specific topic, though, that... Phil wanted to bring to the table, and I am happy to have this discussion because it's my fave. It's the anniversary of the nation of domination. We are the nation of domination. Oh, my goodness. One of the greatest factions of all time. It should be titled Nation of Domination was a babyface faction because <laughs> we know what they so, try to do to us. So let me tell you. <coughs> Excuse me. I still have a bit of a cough from last week, so... Pardon me. It's clearing up. Or is it? I don't know. <laughs> Let me tell you, though. So I was never like a big heel guy as a kid. Like I was one of the like, did you see this? Mm-hmm. Part of this is because Sting was my favorite wrestler. I hated the NWO. I could not stand the NWO. I would, they made me so mad every single week. And like 
I was probably what in the third, fourth grade when the NWO started. And so yeah. like Sting was my guy and all of that. I didn't get in to heel factions until the Nation of Domination. That was the first th- but none of the other kids liked the nation. In the sixth grade, the um, uh, when like I'm talking latter end of the nation, um, when they were feuding with DX, and all the kids at school were uh, <laughs> were in like DX gear and stuff, and like I was the only one in nation gear. And I remember there was one kid, <clears throat> and go figure, he had because I came across his Facebook not that long ago, and he's a total Trump supporter, so go figure. But he used to <laughs> come across me in the. Um, he and I used to like cross in the hallways at school and he'd look at me and he'd go suck it and then I'd raise a fist and that was like our yes. thing. It was, it was it, like he was like straight up Yo. it was DX versus Nation and I was like all about the nation pretty much from the time they launched. Um and then one because... time you guys did that little exchange, he was like, Make America great again, and you were like, What? <laughs> and then he was like, You'll know about this later. <laughs> by the way shout out to uh kimberly appreciate uh appreciation chat for the makeup and mask uh thank you guys for being awesome thank you kimberly. Hey, appreciate you kimberly thank you kimberly uh but yeah uh, i was straight up um nation all the way they were mm-hmm. my favorite faction honestly like i love how much growth came out of that faction and i think there's a part of me that because i was a kid when it happened uh there's a part of me that's like every time there's like an owen tribute or anything like that i'm like you know what yeah owen's my guy right and, uh, <laughs> it's like owen's just one of those guys sorry there's my alarm um owen i don't know but there's a part of me that as a kid viewed him as like at least not black but invited to the cookout Mm -hmm. and i i think it was fully based on the fact that he was a part of the nation of domination right and also pretty sure the answer is dx but going back to 97 who did put all of that uh the the racial term it was dx it was dx right yeah The KFC on the wall and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 So Man. I'm just saying that's a lot of stuff that's, that hasn't been forgiven in my my heart. Um, although I was a DX fan too. DX was <laughs> wrong. I was number one DX fan, but they were just. Yeah. To, to be honest, I got something to eyeball out here. I was never a DX fan. I always hated them. <laughs> I, and, and it might have been from the nation stuff because I was such a big nation fan. Yeah, it makes and sense. to be honest, growing up, I didn't know that they were supposed to be the bad guys. Like, I knew that they were good. <laughs> right. But I was kind of like, no, nah, like, th- before it was a term, I was like, no, nah, they're spitting. Like, I right. about, No, for um, reals. Like, I. Every time I think about the nation, I of course think of when The Rock joined and like his first promo with them. And like his first promo with them is so great. But I think mm-hmm. people always sleep on Farouk's promo before that. Yeah. Farouk does the uh, send off to Ahmed Johnson. He's like, you know, I knew all along Ahmed Johnson under his thick black skin was just a white <laughs> man trying to get out. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if they sandblasted your ass 20 times. You'll never be white, Ahmed. And then he goes to the street fight, right? And he goes, He was always cooking. He goes, Man, they challenged me to the street fight, but I am the street. Yo, Farouk was the man. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Definitely. I love, honestly, now that you bring it up, because we're talking about the time period, 
I'm pretty sure it was the nation that got me to switch back because, you know, I, I was back and forth between WCW, WWF. I started off a WCW fan like as a little, little kid um, because it was on Saturdays at 6.05 Eastern. Um, and that was like just the easiest time for me to watch pro wrestling because as a kid, I know that I don't have to stay up late. Like Saturdays, Saturday afternoons were easy for me. But then I got into WWF a little bit, but then like, it was really like the Nitro era that got me into WCW, but I'm pretty sure it was the nation that pulled me back because like I wasn't into Shawn Michaels. Like there was a mm -hmm. lot of things that I just wasn't into, but the nation as a faction was what did it for me. Um, right. And one more really quick shout out to uh, my boy Mac in the chat. He said, wanted to share some of my bouncer tip. Uh, Mac, Yo, uh, of course, is a bouncer in Brooklyn. Damn, um, choke slamming fools. Uh, so I want to share some of my bouncer tip money with y'all. I uh, just got my Grapsity hoodie yesterday and we'll hey. uh, rock it to work Definitely tonight. Definitely choke slam somebody in a Grapsity hoodie. <laughs> keep yeah. up the great, uh, well, keep it up great, brothers. Uh, so, yeah, thank you, Mac. Uh, I've sure always appreciated you, I've always appreciated Mac uh, going back to the RBR days. Um, so, uh, love it. Yeah, and, man, the, the nation, I didn't really, for me, I didn't really get into them until the second nation. So they came in, they had like PG-13 rapping, they had Crush, they had Savio Vega. It was, it was, the beginning stages were okay, so I wasn't really into it, but it was when they got, when they took D'Lo and they had Mark Henry and eventually The Rock and yeah, The Godfather. That the that's when it was lit. They became just like a a force and wwe yeah. wwf never really gave them their due man until no, you know absolutely not right it they just used it as a launching pad for the rock eventually which was kind of yeah. frustrating and i guess the, uh, when i was younger i didn't really know the magnitude of ron simmons because i was a wwf dude i didn't really watch a lot of mm -hmm. wcw so i didn't know that this guy was the black world champion this guy is a football star i mean even though jr was staying and i would just like kind of be like all right jr here we go again <laughs> yeah but yeah no this guy was like and like, to know that this dude was the one saying these promos and saying this stuff puts even more on top of why the nation was so dope because ron simmons was the head just like spitting because he had been all through been through all this stuff he was talking about you know Yep. Yeah, I didn't understand that at the time either. That's that's a great point because I started watching it after they were already together. Matter of fact, right. when I started watching, they they were already the nation past the first iteration with Crush mm. and, and Sabio. Same. And so when I go back and look at the other um, visuals of it with like Farouk in the leather jacket and all the guys behind him and like the, the bow ties and you got <laughs> D-Lo bow tied up with like the Kent, Kente scarf. And yeah. I like, that's a dope visual too. Like, yo, can we talk about how D-Lo killed that look at, for the original? Like, <laughs> he killed that look with the Koofy. Like, yeah. yeah. Yo, he, uh, and uh, speaking of which, uh, Terrence uh, with the super chat says, D-Lo and Farouk were so underrated as a stable. WWE DNA kicked in, of course, and they had to have dissent in the group, and they right. couldn't coexist. Uh, I mean, I think maybe... Can't be friends. I don't know if I said it here. No, I think I said it in one of our... Uh, I think it was just like Phil was hosting a, um, uh, a late night... Um, what the hell is spaces. it called? Spaces. spaces. Well, I don't know. I was drawing a blank on Twitter spaces, but you uh, saw some late night spaces. I talked about how WWE really has never had the patience for factions. Uh, right. I mean, the fact that the New Day has lasted as long as they have is not just a testament to um, WWE having the patience for a black stable, but having the patience for a stable in general. Like, um, Evolution is considered, like, their greatest, like, faction run, like, ever. But, like, 
evolution was less than two years. Right. And, uh, like, they kicked Randy Orton out a year and a half into evolution's entire run. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they don't have the patience for factions at they all. They do not. Yeah. Uh, and so, it was barely two years, right? Yeah. Right. Like, the descent with The Rock, all that stuff, was like three months into the group. Right. Uh, like three yeah, months into exactly. him being into the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've never had the patience. Uh, Mike Harmeyer says, I'm scared. Uh, you and, should be, Mike. <laughs> uh, we got uh, Vape Ross Vape uh, became a YouTube member. Uh, so, appreciate that. Uh, and Rob says, uh, yo, I'm going to see the bounty hunter, uh, Brian Keith tonight oh, after our podcast man. together. Uh, I want to <laughs> see if he's going to put the flatliner in his move set. Uh, and he might. he's been having a crazy run this last couple, two months, three months, four months. Shout out to gotta, Brian Keith. That's my homie. Uh, we got a few more. Um, Zeke Jackson says, oh, you boys came to pod today. And damn Reg, colder than Reggie Miller, uh, when he tweets to someone on Twitter, bang, bang, like Cactus Jack. Uh, and Shots, and we, everybody, come with it. What you want? Can get it. Anybody can get it. Honestly. And, of course, and of course, we got the homie Kate. Uh, says, I need Reg versus Jericho just to hear Jericho call him L. Pumpkin. Idiot <laughs> 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 Chador. That uh, one where he's announcing all the luchadors coming out. That's one of uh-huh. the greatest clips of all time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, as far as the nation was concerned, I, um, I don't know. I, I there, there's so much that because like the the two iterations of the nation that people like are, are most prominent. Because I, I would consider it to be three real nation iterations. There's the mm-hmm. original with Savio Vega and and Crush, and then we had. Um, second version that uh, was more so led by Farouk, and we had Kama, and we had um, uh, they of course let in Ahmed Johnson and kicked him out, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and of course there, there was D'Lo, and then Mark Henry joined, um, and then really the fourth iteration or the third iteration is really when The Rock comes in, and then really I guess there was four because after that you right. kicked out Farouk, and then mm-hmm. you had uh, The Rock leading. Um, the Godfather, mm-hmm. Kama Mustafa, and uh, D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry, and then, and then even when heart. The Rock left, they Kama, D'Lo, and Mark Henry did a thing for a little bit too. So it's like, yeah, they, was they out became here, a tag you know? team. Yeah, right. well, and you know, honestly, like The Rock's version of the Nation uh, as the leader, I, you know, I always still give props to for a number of reasons. One, I feel like that was kind of the version where they all kind of started to get individual identities, where Rocky mm-hmm. Maivia became The Rock. And, uh, you know, he was talking his shit. You know, that was where Smell with the Rock is Cooking came from. Um, and then, of course, D'Lo. And I love D'Lo's story. I, I could never tell <laughs> D'Lo's story as, as good as he can, but it always cracks me up. Like, y- have y'all heard the origin of the Headcock story? Mm. Where that came from? Oh, it's one of my favorite stories. Um, and D'Lo told it at WrestleCon a couple of years ago. But, uh, and I was just on the floor laughing. But, uh... It was the night before show. Um, the nation, of course, you know, all, they all traveled together. And so mm-hmm. they all had a hotel together and they were all sitting around and they were watching Friday. And uh, it was right around the time when Debo gets knocked out. Or maybe it was when Red gets knocked out. It doesn't matter. It's the scene in the movie. And of course, Smokey runs over and goes, you got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> and Rock says to, to D-Lo, I dare you to do that on screen tomorrow. 
um, on our at Raw tomorrow, right? And <laughs> I so, wow. yeah, it's so Black History, right? Right. Here, so the next night oh on Raw, D'Lo, of course, uh, I think Ken Shamrock gets knocked down, and D'Lo goes over Ken Shamrock and goes, "You got knocked the fuck out," and um, <laughs> and he said, "So after it was all over, uh, they all start head to the back, and uh, Vince, of course, is standing in gorilla, and as everybody passes." Um, he, you know, gives everybody a nod. He rock, good job. And Mark, good job. And then he's like, D-Lo, come here. And D-Lo's like, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. Uh, he's like, he thought he was going to be in trouble for using the word fuck on TV, right? And he's like, Vince is going to talk to me. He's like, I- I'm fucked. And so he gets over and Vince goes, that thing you did with your head out there, that was <laughs> brilliant i want you to do that every week and um because he's like vince had never seen friday right so like vince didn't know what that was from he just thought the dealer was just like you know he just thought he did a cool thing with his head and so he's like i want you doing that every week and every time you walk i want you just shaking your head (laughs) and so just like uh, smoking and he said i actually have seen friday motherfucker and every week (laughs) he said every week vince would tell him do it up more play it up more and sure enough, it became his thing. And, but it was all from one Damn. night. The three of them just sitting around, at the, or the four of them, watching Friday. And, wow. I, and that, on a dare. That was a great <laughs> story. Guys. So I could just picture Vince in the back watching him do it and going, <laughs> Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's just, black history right there. That look at him. An yeah. Amazing story absolutely. for sure. Wow. <laughs> So that's like my favorite story I've ever heard D'Lo tell. Yeah, that man. D'Lo was the man as well. D'Lo was one of those guys. I remember going to school all the time and we used to always mimic his strut and like mimic like his right. finger moves. Like, his, like me and my friends used to do that in the hallway all the time just because D'Lo was the man. Like he was probably one of the coolest guys in the group. Like probably still one of the best frog splashes of all time, man. Like he just was the man. First... Mm-hmm. By the way, first Eurocontinental champion. Yeah. <laughs> I love D'Lo, man. He had, like, one of my favorite move sets. I was a backyard wrestler at the time, so, like, all of D'Lo's moves were, like, stuff you wanted to do, the sky high, the low down. Like, his frog splash is still one of the best frog splash of all time. You know what I mean? It's still mimicked by half of the industry now are doing his style of frog splash. So, like, yeah, D'Lo was the man. He, um, I love when he eventually branched off too and you know got his Eurocontinental run he had some crazy matches with x-pac and val venus he was just doing jeff jerry on, jeff jerry yeah just like mm-hmm. on a random yeah. raw you catch a d-lo banger d is yeah, one of the best of all time for sure we need to get d-lo on a uh, one day what's up d-lo <laughs> i'm talking about impact got the yeah. chest protector before you know Romy rome and he made it cool y- yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Shaddy, by the way, shout out uh, URL setting. Uh, top dollar versus caster, oh, three gosh. rounds, two wins. 
Stop playing. That's, that's easy. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Because there's a lot of knocks on Max Caster. And I will say this. Max Caster has, like, really simple rhymes. Like, yeah. he does the nursery rhymes for the crowd. His, like, actual stuff isn't that bad. He can rap. Yeah, he can yeah. rap. But, you know, it, it's one of those, like, okay, he's doing the, like, John Cena slow it down for the audience. Yeah. Um, which, like, the audience bites on that stuff. Like, the right. fact that he'll say his little slow-ass rhyme and then the crowd goes, Oh, I think Top Dollar will get him though. I think if they win three rounds, I think yeah. No, here's the thing: Top Dollar will get him. Um, no question. But I do think Max Caster isn't as bad on his actual music. Yeah, Uh, as a matter of fact, because I used to like uh, honestly, that's the stuff that got him signed. I like props on that. He, um, you know, because the first time he worked AEW, uh, he was brought in just as a dark opponent for Sean Spears, and he dropped um the that first rap on sean spears uh the i'm not perfect and neither are you uh and that uh that got buzz and then every time he started coming in he started doing a new like original twitter rap for uh each of his opponents even though all of these had already been pre-taped he knew he had lost these already uh but (laughs) it was one of those like build up hype for his own matches and it ended up getting him signed and so like you know that was uh that's one of those he is to me a very um like kind of almost self-made organic act that that used uh his social media to to get himself buzzed to get himself noticed and i i'll always give that credit we just talked about xavier woods last week um using his platform to to further his wrestling career and build mm-hmm. and, and get where he's going and like you know that was a time where like somebody like a Zack Ryder did that and got punished for it and so yeah. um it, it's always cool when that succeeds and I like right. seeing that uh and uh got another one from Jester Designs uh happy Saturday boys that hit row and new day segment was everything <laughs> that's gonna be that exciting. slow pan to, to yeah. hero. Oh, uh-huh. man, beautiful. We love that's it. that's gonna be something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so uh, Look, Ma- it- Max Caster knows his audience. If he went mm-hmm. out there spitting like yep. faster than that, they'd be like, "What is this guy talking about?" You gotta yeah, slow and- it down because they. This is what this is how this big audience is gonna receive it. You give it to him slowly. Got to feed it to him like an airplane, like you're feeding your kid, like. <laughs> Here now, it is. Uh, it, was it, down. I just yeah, it was just mentioned. I just dished you. Yeah, exactly. It, it was just mentioned in the chat that he does the TMZ sports thing, which yeah, he he also does, and like those are always like actually more well thought out raps than. Mm-hmm. Um, although, I I'm curious what the future holds for that, and if he gets replaced by like Top Dollar because mm. uh, TMZ uh, was owned by Warner Media, uh, which mm. is what brought on that relationship with. Uh, with max caster however they were just recently sold to fox and so um fox now owning tmz i would be curious to see how much longer the tmz aew relationship lasts before Mm -hmm. uh, all of that stuff ends up getting replaced i very much could see them giving that spot to top dollar definitely Um, definitely and uh vince apparently really likes top dollar i mean he was on that aew show like he's He's uh he's on his way. It sounds like yeah yeah. And uh, shout out to Drew. Uh, it says happy Saturday to the coolest AEW shows A-E-W. in the game. AEW. Although uh, I will say, well, cut Uh-oh. the checks. Mm-hmm. 
That, Look, see, he was about to say something yeah, crazy. So TK, cut, like, the, cut hey, the mic. Hey, cut the mic. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that. Not... Look, if TK was sending this check, I would show my check right here on Graph City every week that says AEW pays me. And we probably wouldn't be doing the show because we'd be working for AEW. What kind of dumb idiots are you? Look, check it out. They're not paying <laughs> us. We're just three regular fools. Getting paid by some fool that y'all hate for some reason. I don't know. We don't got nothing to do with y'all. <laughs> Sean Rossap beef. I just want to say that out loud. Hey. And that's all I'm going to say with it. F Sean Rossap don't have nothing to do with our beef. He's just a platform. <laughs> nah, He's just up there. I don't know why y'all beefing with him because y'all don't like how he gives out his news. We are Graf City. We are over here doing our own thing. That's hey, it. I'm done with that. No beef with nobody. Yep. SRS got beef with. <laughs> no, we do not. No, I, I I accidentally stepped on my cable by the way because I was gonna give a shout out to my dude Baron Black. Uh, oh yeah, shout yeah. out hey. Baron Black, the Embra, <laughs> the Embra. Yeah. Hey. So uh, that video he did with um with Russell and Flow, dope. Oh yeah, yeah, that was fire. Everybody needs to see that. Yeah. Uh, so that's my thing, by the way. Uh, and in any wrestlers out there, um, show me your merch. Um, be mm. or at least drop your links. Drop your uh uh pwt's links my thing is any wrestlers i support um i always feel like the easiest way to support any pro wrestler buy their merch uh mm -hmm. and i am my my wife hates it because i have like a literal i have two drawers now dedicated to wrestler t-shirts uh, <laughs> <They're all black. laughs> yeah well that's the thing she's just I, there's a few that aren't but she's just like you just own like black t-shirts with pro wrestlers pictures or names on them or their slogans or whatever it is um she's like can you like do something with these like uh there was uh because we were doing some reorganization and she's like uh so which ones do you want to get rid of and i was like none uh and she's like you got to get rid of something i'm like nah i'm not gonna get rid of it like i you know i've got i, I pretty much own every swerve shirt going back to like the his shane strickland shirts and uh she's like you can get rid of at least one. I'm like, no, these are like symbolic. They are. Uh, so uh, they represent his rise. And I've got the mm -hmm. current Hit Row shirt. Uh, so it's sold out. Yep, yeah, it's sold out. <laughs> uh, and uh, D'Lo Diggs, uh, can we appreciate Xavier Woods and Kofi's new gear? Oh, they were dripping last night. So, yep. Real drip. So was I the only one that was wondering, is it inspired by Fire Emblem? Because it looks like it. I mean, it's Woods, I could imagine. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but hey, we got other uh, stories to talk about. Yep. Shout out uh, to the nation, though. NOD shout out to the nation, honestly. Forever. Nation. nation of domination. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> um, they're, 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 they're like all time great. But I will also say, uh, on the topic of the nation, it is also something that can't be duplicated. Like right. every time, again. every time black people get together, somebody's like, yeah, new nation. Nope. No, nope. no, 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 no. No, Shane Taylor from a nope, 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 different, different, nope, nope. Different. different, different. Yeah, her business very different. Have very you seen? different. They're they're like apples and oranges. Come man. on, yeah. yeah, come on. What are you talking about? <laughs> but Nation was talking about eating collard greens with their hands, bro. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and like streets. And like first iteration of the new day. I will say this. Uh, there's a lot of things people forget about the original iteration of the new day, and there was some stuff that. I was hoping would be expanded upon, but I'm happy with what the New Day turned out to be. But there was one episode of Main Event where it was uh, the original New Day. And I'll talk about original, original New Day. Remember where Xavier Woods came out and he talked to Kofi and Biggie mm -hmm. about 
um, being held back. And, like, it definitely felt like they were going to be, like, a really, really, like, militant pro-black faction. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one episode of Main Event where it was uh, Biggie and Kofi versus uh, Titus O'Neil and uh, Heath Slater. And after the match was over, they go to jump their opponents, and Xavier stops them and goes, no, we don't attack Titus. You attack, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you attack Heath Slater, and they wouldn't beat up Titus, and it turned around and beat the shit out of Heath Slater, and I was mm. like, "Ooh, that's good, that's yeah. good shit." And like, honestly, if they had run with that, I mm. wouldn't have minded. If they yeah. like literally would never perpetrate anything against any other black opponents, like we'll beat you. But as far as we're concerned, we don't heal other black people. Mm. Um, I like that a little bit, yeah. uh, and by a little bit, I mean a lot. A lot um, of it. Bring it back. <laughs> that was good. I thought that they could have gone some places with that. Um, so that I was one of the people like very disappointed in the original iteration of the New Day, or like when they officially got the name the New Day, and then um, they were just coming out smiling and clapping, and I was like, ah. "But y'all had something before, right?" <laughs> and yeah. and then they turned heel, and then everything worked, and everything. Clicked. Luckily, yeah. Luckily, it all worked out. So. Yeah, it all worked, and I, I became a big fan, but. I will I say think that's that, a great transition, right? Yeah. Uh, well, maybe. So the next thing I uh, wanted to talk about was uh, a couple of things coming out of Dynamite. Because uh, we got some cool shit on Dynamite this week, and we got some controversial shit. Uh, first thing I want to talk about. Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida. I want to see this go on forever uh, i especially like because aew has started numbering their rematches uh and that that's a cool concept because like fight sports do that that's fun um they did it this week with uh matt seidel and dante martin i actually like the concept of numbering rematches so that said if we get to big karushita and serena d six i mm. am <laughs> down for that right because uh, I could see these two do this forever. Um, like I've mentioned before, Hikaru Shida is my favorite women's wrestler in the business today. Uh, I've said before that uh, I feel like everybody has their best matches with Hikaru Shida, mm -hmm. and she deserves a lot more props for that Absolutely. for that very thing. Definitely. Um, especially because the conversation is always about her opponent. When somebody is always like, "Wow, you know that person could really go," you know, I. I, I I love seeing Ty Conti go. I love seeing Penelope Ford go. Love seeing all that. And it's like, but you know who these matches are all with that you're loving? It's a Karushita. Right. Uh, and there's a reason. But anyway, when you take Hikarushita and then you take somebody like Sarita Deep, who arguably people can say the same thing about, uh, that, you know, she has had some phenomenal matches with so many people. You put somebody in the ring with Serena Deep, and it's likely their best match. And then you put Hikaru Shida with Serena Deeb together, and it's probably both their best matches. Right. And uh, I like the first match a lot, but I like the story of the last match. Um, and it goes to sh it goes kind of hand in hand with what Shida's been saying about how she did an interview recently where she said she's um, really been taking time off of TV to uh, certain things she wanted to work on. She mentioned that she wanted to. Uh, work on her acting skills and work on her acting abilities and things like that. She said she's been taking classes for all of that. And 
uh, for the people wondering why she hasn't been on Dynamite as of late and has just been working uh, Dark and Elevation, that actually has a lot to do with it. She's been, she said herself that she wanted to, there was a lot she wanted to bring to the table that she felt she wasn't bringing to the table in her first run. And uh, now she feels like she's, she's got a lot more to bring. Um, but talking about acting ability, one of the things I liked about that first Deeb and Sheeta match was the telegraphing of how it was going to go without telegraphing it where they did that mm -hmm. video promo and uh deep had talked about like they were showing almost the contrast they're showing the two uh you know she just like i just want to have a great match and i want to beat uh, she was like i not even beat she just she thought it was a given she's like i just want to have a great match with a great wrestler like serena deep and serena's like i'm gonna fuck you up mm -hmm. like are you kidding me like right. you're stepping in the ring with me what what is this um, and Sheeta comes out smiling, looks at her trophy, and she's, you know, she was acting like it was a given. And so then the way she lost, it was like, oh, damn, you guys like telegraphed that? And I, I was totally not picking up on it. Right. And, uh, and this time around, Sheeta comes out with like some straight fire in this match, like from the moment her entrance hit. And uh, she just looked like raring to go. And like as soon as the bell rang, She's just on it. I was uh, so down for all of that. Like, I just felt like the fire she came with from the moment the match started. Uh, I thought this was one of the best women's matches Dynamite's had and one of my favorite matches this year. And I would love to see this take place with no commercial breaks mm -hmm. um, on some type of bigger stage pay-per-view, wherever you guys want to do it. I want to see this match. D'Lo Diggs said, uh, give me Deeb versus Sheeta one hour on Rampage. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, I just want to see these two go. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I was happy with the match. And, and uh, I thought the finishing sequence was so clever, was so creative, was so well done uh, in the way that um, uh, Sheeta had reversed the pin into her own pin and got the three. And mm -hmm. so, like, it wasn't a definitive finish. We still haven't seen Sheeta beat her with, um, you know, a katana or the uh, tamashi. So there's like, there's so many places this can go. I love it. I'm I'm having fun. Uh, oh, man, <laughs> listen, they smoked this. This match was um, this match was incredible. And I mean, mm -hmm. I knew their matches were going to be good when they announced the first one. And I think it's it's a testament to the fact that Sheeta has not been on TV. Like now when she comes on and, and her theme starts with that great drum solo that it starts mm -hmm. with, I get hyped every time. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. she's going to kill this. She comes out and yells right into the camera. I just love Sheeta, man. And I'm with Will 100%. I think she's incredibly underrated. I still think she's been the best AEW Women's Champion so far. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you like Britt Baker. Fight me. She has been the best yeah. champion so far. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I, I firmly believe she will be the first two-time yeah. AEW Women's Champion. I really oh yeah, I, I, I do. Th and, especially and, now, like if, when you think about what she said about uh, what she felt like she didn't bring to the table before. Um, which, like, honestly, I'm with Reg on. Like, I don't care about that shit. Just come out and wrestle and have good matches. Right. Like, but honestly, exactly. if she feels like she needed to bring more of that to the table, uh, I would love to see her do it again. Uh, mm -hmm. Have a have another run with what she now feels she can bring. Yeah, and. Man, there were so many things that she brought to that first match and this match. You can tell that she came to this match, the first match, like you said, very overconfident. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she lost. And then she came into this match like, no, I'm I'm not playing with you this time. And she came vicious and kind of way we've seen her come in as champion. And I just loved to see that. I mean, 
man, there were some spots in this match that were just so clever. When she tried to hit her with the Tamashi and she, and she'd have reversed it into that ankle lock and then start ramming her knee on the mat. Just man. Yeah, bro. no, uh, and honestly, I don't want to take anything away from uh, Serena D because I feel like uh, Serena is such a a, a cerebral worker and she mm-hmm. she um she does work so smart and uh and she's just so good at what she does and and the knee targeting is really like cementing her heel turn uh because like honestly people forget that the heel turn kind of kicked off at like way back at double or nothing mm-hmm. uh when she did the the knee smash with uh with Riho's knee yeah. And then came out and was kind of like mocking the fans. And then mm-hmm. she did the same thing to uh, Red Velvet. And then she was like off TV for a little bit. So like it took yeah, a minute she, to. She got injured, right? Uh, yeah. And then she got hurt as she was off TV. And so coming back and doing this with Sheeta is working. Like people right. are buying into the heel run. Uh, it's great, honestly. It's a, it's a testament for Serena because she's one of. She's a veteran. Mm-hmm. Most, yeah. pe- most of the women you see in AEW are pretty new to the business they're like three four some even less than that so you see serena out there she gets you know you could see that she's a veteran she knows just the story you guys are telling right now on how they built this match you know like serena has a big part of it she knows that like look we could tell a story between a bunch of matches instead of just telling one story and that's what makes what's making this series of matches so great and they you know just built, crazy? They built a rivalry off nothing almost you know you know it's yeah. crazy to me though is that yeah she is a veteran but people forget how young she was when she debuted because right. she's the same age as charlotte flair this right. isn't somebody who like um is is like significantly older like mm-hmm. she and charlotte are both 35. Yeah. um it's just that serena debuted when she was 22. Mm-hmm. so like you know it's one of those things where people always talk about how um women's uh just in general wrestling in general um you typically don't hit your stride until you're in your uh 30s and mickey james has talked about the fact that there's a double standard for men and women right because she's like with women we're so quick to want to kind of um to dub them older as soon as they hit their 30s and uh whereas like you know, we will have a conversation about brian danielson who's 40 and we're just talking about him being on his his you know crazy run and just doing it good but at the same time you know they were having conversations about mickey james being uh on the older side when she was like 33. yeah and uh so you know there's definitely a a a huge double standard there uh that like Like they were they were happy to say that bobby fish was was 45 on the Mm -hmm. broadcast you know what i mean and it's like usually they don't say like you know what i mean for women they would never be like oh this woman is 45 you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it is definitely a double standard when it comes to to the both of them man speaking of bobby fish uh friend of the show andrew thompson said this on twitter and i absolutely want to see it happen he was saying that he wants to see sheldon get a run kind of like bobby fish is having right now where he's going Uh to other companies and you know kind of get this last run and show people that he's still a great in-ring worker because i yeah. think he is extremely underrated he as is. in-ring worker mm-hmm. he is. and i just would love to see him mix it up with other people from other companies right yeah uh, that would definitely be amazing and uh shout out to terrence with the super chat he said deep versus sheeta and baker versus rosa those are your two co-main events for an all-women's pay-per-view for AEW. you could I'd be here for it i'd be here for it um and then Sign going back to the top of the show uh vincent 
uh, with the super chat said, uh, most underrated MF Doom track that no one talks about. My pick is Mike Line uh, off the uh, Monster Album Stars uh, album. Hmm. I love Mike Line, man. That is that is a great record. Um, there are so many dope Doom records. Don't get me right. started. There's so, so many I, great ones. I mean, first, so I I haven't part. So Meat Grinder was the first track I was introduced to, and uh, so I'm like, that's like the MF Doom track to me because of the mm-hmm. fact that it was the first one I was introduced to, yeah. and uh, that's was like it's so every time I hear it, it like it's like quintessential to me. Um, but then also, you know, I I look back at the Danger Doom album and like. Space Hose is like my favorite beat of all time. You put any <laughs> oh, like over oh, Mince Meat though? Mince Meat is Mince Meat is great. Oh, Mince Meat. I mean, me honestly, I just it's it's my favorite beat. And so like mm-hmm. when I hear Doom rap over that, like I when I used to put together my uh my demo reels uh like fresh out of college, I used to uh uh the opening was because uh, I always start you start with the opening montage. Um, I was set to the the beat to Space Hose, and so uh, I don't know. Uh, I I love MF Doom, and I'm gonna miss yeah. him. And no. yeah, it was sad. To, yeah, you're right though. It was really sad to find out about it the way we found out. It, where it, it was almost like up, how hip hop like, legends, man. It's so sad. Like shout like out to how, Zoombie, shout out to Gift the Gab. I just want to shout out some Bay Area legends, Shock G. It's yeah. been crazy oh, for hip hop legends, man. I can't even. No, honestly, like I would not have pictured um, if you had told me that a lot of my favorites weren't going to live out of their fifties. Uh, I, man, this has been a crazy year for that. Right. Um, now, so here's the thing. Yeah, so of course Reg is from the Bay Area, so I obviously don't have as much experience with the Bay Area as he does. But I will say that, um, it was kind of like, uh. It was kind of like a weird hipster thing for me through high school because I was so into Bay Area music and mm-hmm. like everybody else was so into like more mainstream music. And when you're not from the Bay Area, it, it did re- very much for me just feel like a like a am into this thing that you don't know about. <laughs> um, and because like, honestly, um, I cried real tears when Mac Dre died, like right. because Mac Dre was my favorite. Are you kidding me? Mac Bay Area, man. Like, oh my god, but, people will fight. People will murder over Mac, Mac Dre. It's like, like Mac Dre was there. In, in Oakland. Yeah, nah. yeah, they don't play. Like, Mac Dre was not one of those names that look because I know a lot of people who only know of Mac Dre simply because of like lines dropped by Drake. Um, mm-hmm. But like, no, Mac Dre was one of those guys that like I was listening to Stupid Doo Doo Dumb in middle school. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember on the uh, back when uh, I, I used to uh, work on a independent radio station called XND Radio, um, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, but we used to play indie artists and uh, I used to make sure that I got uh, Mac Dre in rotation like as mm-hmm. often as possible. Because um, I was all about S-T-U-P-I-D. <laughs> we go to the club, we don't need ID. Yeah. Like that hey. was, um, the, he was my favorite. I though. still hear that if I go outside, somebody's playing that song right now outside. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you could go to a brunch you could go to uh, mar- uh farmer's market that song you're gonna hear that song you're, <laughs> you're at safeway just like yo are they playing mac dre inside here that's how yeah. they 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 do not play about that's, that's mac great dre. Oh, and man. e40 and t-short just don't say anything mm-hmm. bad about any of those guys if you want to if you come to the bay just like be nice about yeah. it because yeah i was all <laughs> they, about it. they don't care about <laughs> 
I was all about E40. Just that whole scene, but even just like, um, because I used to get those uh, the the Frisco Street Show mixtapes, mm-hmm. uh, and I used to pick those up, and like that was that was me in high school. I was like right. all about the that entire area and Bay Area music, and then when Hyphy like really took off, uh, man, it was great. Come was on, man, time. shake them dreads, shake them. Yeah. Dreads. <laughs> <laughs> I like had to get dreads when I moved here. I'm like, yo, I don't have a choice. Man, my, I my remember... hair was like, you have to. I remember when I first got some hang times with White Locks and I was I was in a bar and like tell me where to go came on and I was like, Do do I shake my dreads? <laughs> you can now. This song is for you, Phil. Yes. It's for you. Shake them dreads. That's right. Jesus Christ had dreads. So shake them. Shake them. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Nah, the Shock G was like a really sad loss because damn. Like, damn. Yeah, that one. Damn, damn, I'm telling you, I think I think Doom was such a hard loss for me because I discovered him like at a time when I was like listening to music hard, like right mm-hmm. in college. Yeah, and I mean, I listened to Doom every day. It was to right. a point where people would come to my apartment and I would just play Doom, and there would right. be people like, I don't know who this guy is. I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. listen to Operation Doomsday. I would try and like pawn off yeah. every album I could on him. Mm-hmm. And so when I found out he died that way, I was just kind of like, this is not real, man. Like, this right. is yeah. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And man, I just one of my favorite artists of all time. Not just because not just because I liked his music, just because of what he represented. Um, Everything. Just because he stayed independent, just because mm-hmm. so many things, like the stuff he dealt with leaving the country. Right. Just he just was a special artist, man. How he would send fake MF Dooms to these shows, like he's he, legendary, man. Man, and when when you looked at how other people revered him too, like those videos of most deaf, like right. his lyrics and just yeah, geeking out over the guy. He's one of the most loved hip hop artists of all man. time. Like every rapper's like, oh, I love MF Doom. I I, I copied him. Like hella yeah. rappers say that. Yeah, watching um that that clip of uh, when I Future met him and how they were just so geeked out because he he knew who they were. Mm-hmm. Man, he he just he just was different, man. He was different. Yeah. Um and, to the dome, man. Uh Vincent asks, uh, what was your favorites? Uh what was your rap favorites from 2006 to 2011? Ooh, interesting. Uh me and Emilio talk all the time about how it felt so wide open again thanks to the blog and uh blog virgin era. social media. Uh, uh that's culture. uh um I like uh West Coast again, Pac Div. They were messing it up. Yeah. Cool, cool kids. Oh, come on. Oh, man. yo, that cool first kids cool kids are album. It. Yeah, come on. That first man. cool kids album was, was those crazy. beats. That production on there was just like yo, that yeah. was that time, bro. You was trying man. to get you some Chuck English beats for sure. Uh, the first time I heard Black Max, that was right. Crazy. That was game changing. Uh, so I I have to give um yeah I guess to piggyback off of uh Phil last week um. My my favorite 2006 to 2011, yeah, it has to be OUP. So I was gonna joke and say Flow Rider just to mess, up, <laughs> mess with Reds, but you're right, it is. I was about to leave <laughs> out of here. Flow Rider. No, no. So, uh, so it is it is Lupe Fiasco. Um, and you know because he said 2006, so like yeah. right off the bat, Food and Same. Liquor came out 06. Um, and you know what's great? Uh, here's Luke. a fun. Here's a fun story. Uh, so remember, uh, I think about three episodes ago, I told the story of how my daughter, one of her cool things is that she loves to like appeal to other people's senses, right? Mm-hmm. So um, for three nights in a row, she's just been sitting up listening to the first food and liquor. 
And mm. like I walk into tuck her in and uh she's just listening to it. But like on her own, without like uh and the first night I walked in I was like, What are you listen I was like, Why are you listening to this? Did you just like hit play on like one of my random playlists or something? She's like, No, I just I heard you talk about um that this is one of your favorite albums and I just wanted to hear it. Wow. And I was like, Cool. Uh, but then cool, I was like, enjoy. And so uh, Great I walk album off, to listen and, to, too. And then the next day, she's like walking around going, kick, push, kick, <laughs> push, and coast. And she's like, I just love that song. And That's um, so cool. Yeah, definitely. And That's then how I was, felt when I heard it, too. And so I walked in the, the next day, and of course, she's like listening to Sunshine. And I'm like, do you actually like this, don't you? And she was like, yeah. She's like, it's, it's really good. And uh, I said, just, I said, give it time. Uh, I said, there's, she's like, what are the other albums? I was like, oh, don't you worry. Uh, yeah. I said, feel free to throw on the cool next and then you can listen to lasers. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a feeling being younger, that might appeal to you more. Right, um, and uh said, you'll have fun. Let's, uh, listen to Tattoo Old Man. I, <laughs> big fan of the Fahrenheit um, first and 15th album. Mm-hmm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm an enormous Lupe fan, so right. man, I've listened murals, to murals. Like, she listens to murals and she's like, What is this? What is this guy doing here? How did he, how do you, how do you do this? Well, you know, I was I'm like, rapper, You know, the... I heard that I'm like, Yo, how do you, Lupe, you have to like leave some raps for the rest of us, please. Thank you. No. So I had, I was standing outside her door, right? And I'm like, kind of just like peeking my head in because I'm like, I wonder what American terrorist is going to change her perception <laughs> how that's going to like alter her perception on things. Right. Uh, because yeah. at the end of the day, she's still a tween. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but honestly, like I was listening to, to hip hop long before way this. Way worse so, like, than Lupe yeah. at that time. So, yeah, way so, worse. Oh, so I'm like, whatever. Way, well, okay. Back to dynamite worse. though. Cause this is ultimately a pro wrestling show. Yeah. Um, so, the other thing but we love hip hop, so yes, we, we will we always yeah. get off. And on by the way, of course, my answer is the same as Will's. It, it's Lupe. Yeah. Lupe, yeah, Lupe's the guy from that time, man. Come on, that's mm-hmm. it. Um, so the other thing to talk about, uh, because there's definitely mixed opinions on the main event, uh, which saw the elite take on the uh, take on. The Dark Order. There's now, mi- there's mixed opinions on what? <laughs> I, I must have just like ignored this part of the internet. Seriously, I didn't see it. Like what? What okay. happened? Okay, so a lot of people mad about the Halloween stuff. A lot oh, of people. Oh God. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Right. Come on, so it's Halloween. We have masks on. Come on, dude. It's content. So here's the thing. Uh, as Fightful Select reported, um, and FightfulSelect.com, drop your five bucks, you'll get some good news. Uh, it was reported, of course, that. Uh, Three hours before uh, this week's episode of Dynamite, um, the Elite had their Halloween costumes nixed because they were originally going to do Squid Game. And TNT uh, put a stop to that. So shout out to my dude, Mikey Ruckus, who posted about this. But Ruckus on three hours notice, (laughs) uh, he got a text, hey, we need... A, uh, and he dropped a sample of um, he's just, he's, he, oh he did drop God. a little sample of what the, the squid game thing was going to be but he was like uh, but they told him on three hours notice hey can you whip up a Ghostbusters theme and he said he, he didn't even send that over until like two minutes into the show having already started they didn't even wow. get that until the show had started already uh, so like that's a tough job, man. Props Get, to them for putting that, that together. Tough. And he so, says this often, too. He's always like, yo, they gave me two hours. They're like, yo, 
their entrance is in two hours. We need it. And he's like, I just, I do it. Dude, <laughs> yeah. he is, he is a legend, man. Already. Yeah. No, and, it, and it's just, and it's just getting better. Like I have questions about all of this that, uh, uh, that need to be answered because like, what was the say puff reveal going to be without the ghostbusters theme? Right, uh, yeah. like I, I'm curious, like, mm-hmm. because that reveal went off so well with that crowd. It, Got such a pop when, you know, it, it's one of those like tragic irony things where you start mm-hmm. to realize like, wait a minute, that there's, there's no way that's Hangman under that, that uh, that horse head, that's, hmm, mm-hmm. and like when you start to realize it in like and then the moment the big reveal that it was Brandon Cutler and then you're like, uh oh, that means that that's not Brandon Cutler with them mm-hmm. and he was with them the whole time, jeez, um, like. That whole reveal, it was fun. Uh, and I know that that's a word that people really don't want to oh, hear. Oh, yeah, they don't but, like that. But it was. It was just fun. I had fun with that whole thing. Um, I don't know how this Halloween stuff keeps getting under people's skin because they do this every year. Like, they literally did the, um, the uh, what was it? Kenny did the Sands from... Um, Ooh, that was fire too, man. Yeah, he did that one two years ago. Like... This, and they did that as baby faces uh and and but people were like up in arms about that about like how could somebody be taken seriously dressing up in halloween costumes like it's halloween and like i guess i don't see it and, and sure call me a show what the fuck ever um i don't see the downside here because ultimately i truly believe that's who all of these guys are and yeah. it's not like i don't feel like there being anything other than their genuine selves when mm-hmm. they do stuff like this. So mm-hmm. like, and like it was over with the crowd. The crowd was way into it. The reveal of Hangman under the the Stay Puft mask got a massive pop. Awesome. I don't. I, I don't see any downside. Great to moment. It. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was mm-hmm. fun. Uh, but uh, there's oh. that. And the uh, match was fire too, as always. And shout out. Uh, to super chat from MC Squishy Tushi, um, it said, "I'm so mad at y'all. I got grad school work to do in this combo. It's gonna have me <laughs> saying go dumb, yeah. dumb for the rest of the day. Uh, sorry, that's all day. Tell uh, me when to go. Do. Go man. right now. How can you, first of all, how could you not like that main event? I'm sorry, it was just fun. That's what um, I'm saying. I'm like, what? Them coming out to the Ghostbuster theme, which again was fire, and then doing the entrance, and you could just tell that they're having fun. I know people are like, this is what they have Adam Cole doing." You can't tell me that Adam Cole is not having a blast. You can see it all over his face. He's having fun. Um, and, like, and there's it, a story here. There was a, there's a couple of little story elements that I think people were missing, such as um, there's the underlying thing of Adam Cole stealing the bucks from Kenny, which is, like, very clearly uh, – I, I feel like it's, like, beating you over the head. It's so on the nose. But yeah. um, then you pointed out to somebody, like, oh, that's what's happening. Because, like, there was a moment where um, – uh, I forgot who they got in the the camel clutch position, but Kenny goes to like apply something, and um, and Adam Cole like taps him on the shoulder, and he's like, "Hey, go check on the Dark Order." And then he goes and puts him in the camel clutch, and then gets the kiss on the cheeks from the Young Bucks, mm-hmm. and Kenny kind of looks back over like, "Oh, I guess." Mm-hmm. Um, and like, but like that moment of uh Cole like shooing Kenny off, and and then him and the Bucks do their thing. Like to me, it's I feel like yeah. there's an underlying story of like. Yeah, the, Slu- but but you got to do it slowly. Like, 
it's one of those things that's not going to happen overnight. It's not one no. of those things where like Cole is going to come in and like just immediately execute the elite. That's not going to mm-hmm. make any sense. Like you, you know, you can't have it both ways. You can't say I want long term stories, but I also want the instant gratification of Adam Cole as the guy. Like he yeah. is already like super over. He's already mm-hmm. to me. He comes off like a star, and uh, but then also Crowd he's like him. he's telling his story of. Because I, I I can see where some of the issue comes about. I think if you were invested in NXT, which I wasn't, um, but I I did follow NXT, but like I wasn't invested, right? I can get if you were invested in NXT, you've already seen the story of Adam Cole breaking out as a single star. And so you feel like he's already there. You don't want to see that again. However, if your investment um, comes along the lines where mine is, where like, I see, and I've always seen Adam Cole as like, um, I mean, I've watched Adam Cole go from faction to faction. He went, he was a part of the kingdom. Um, yeah. You know, this was a guy who was uh, Future a Future shock. He's done uh, so many things. <laughs> yeah, but then like, he really rose to prominence as a member of the Bullet Club. And um, of course, the sub-faction of the Bullet Club, the elite. And uh, that's a story that never got finished getting told. And so like, to me, uh He's still a member of the elite. I think people don't re- people only think of Adam Cole in NXT, and they don't remember that before he got to NXT, he was doing all this stuff with the Young Bucks, and you know he was. Yeah. This isn't new, which and, means and, that's what he wanted to do. And more than that, um, Adam Cole, like this, isn't somebody who necessarily, other than the boom thing, like this isn't really somebody who who took his uh, WWE persona. Like, who had a persona developed in WWE. Adam Cole came into NXT already with Buzz. He came in, and people were like, oh, that's Adam Cole. This is is a guy who's an indie sensation. And, like, Adam Cole, baby, was already a thing. That was a thing indie crowds did. That was a thing. Like, so if you ignore his entire WWE run, if that never happened... This story is still told the same way because right. this is a guy who is a part of the elite, mm-hmm. and this is these are his guys. Like if he's gonna break out of this faction, it let it happen on. Or I, I feel like that's the story has to be told without the context of the undisputed era. I feel like that's right. what you guys want, but like mm, ultimately, yeah. that's not that, really, that, that honestly. It's completely irrelevant to this story. Yeah, like it, 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 as far as we're concerned that never happened like adam cole <laughs> was a part of the elite yep. and then he wasn't for a few years and now he is again like that's yep. that's how this story is shaking he, out right he was now. dead all that time um, yeah. <laughs> he was dead all that time so but yeah the two things i took away first of all we got to give we got to give brandon cutler his flowers man he has just become <laughs> one of the funniest members of the elite. he, he, he plays that role he is like hilarious. No the the way that he sold the the uh, BTE trigger after they revealed the horse and he just fell over like he was just exhausted. Chef kiss, he's just he's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point with the Adam Cole thing, when they came all out into the ring and they were you know hamming it up with the Ghostbuster stuff, Cole still got in the middle and did Adam Cole baby, mm-hmm. and he still looked like the biggest star out of those four. Right. Um, so I don't see how people think that he's taking a step back. He still no. looks like a huge star. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, to your point, though, Omega stuff, they're planting all the seeds. When right. when Adam Cole went to tag in and Omega ignored him doing the picture in picture. Yeah. Like, just those little subtle things there's, there. There's little things. I mean, here's another thing. 
Cole's undefeated. And yep. when Kenny loses the title, guess who's going to, like, kind of ease Be into right being there. number one contender? And, like, there's there's a little dissension you could play up there of, like... And guess who started this feud with the Adams versus Adams? Will Washington did <laughs> already. He already planted the seeds for this Adam versus Adams feud. <laughs> uh... And hey, shout out to Drew. He says, apparently wrestling isn't allowed to be anything but Vince at the top micromanaging and making the show the way he wants. How dare mm-hmm. wrestlers get to be themselves and be happy. And like, bro, they did a trick-or-street match on the other show or whatever you call it. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, oh, they didn't I mean, Halloween theming. It's, they do this every year. Halloween theming to show. me is, uh, Halloween theming to me is fine. Like um, Halloween Havoc, bro. Come on. Like, I don't mind this. And I don't mind it from any company, honestly. Mm-hmm. I... I don't mind pro wrestling being fun, and I don't even mind it being fun at the top. I, it's a lot of revisionist history to act like Stone Cold never did fun shit. Bro, it's come on, revisionist history to act like The Rock wasn't. All, all of wasn't, it was camp. Yeah, well, all of it was camp. The Rock on, wasn't man. comedy like eighty percent of the time. Right. Um, like when The Rock got serious, he got serious, but like. He was a way lot of more fans, not serious. A lot Man, of fans like serious. The Rock for making people laugh. Right. Um, that was right. Man, we just talked about the nation. One of the most memorable nation things was The Rock giving group <laughs> the picture of him and giving everybody else the Rolexes. Exactly. And that was funny. <laughs> so, like, either way, that that's that topic. We got others to get to. Um, <laughs> when The because... Rock's like, "Come, Adilo, let's go." <laughs> <laughs> Man, the nation was hard. I'm gonna watch some nation clips today. So we we got a uh, – y'all are about to laugh when this uh, Chiron comes up. Oh, God. (laughs) 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 I wouldn't know because he's blocked me on Twitter, so I wouldn't even know that he's the champ. That damn son of a bitch. How did Moose – Moose was like, I have to get a topic on this show, so I have to win this belt. You guys have to make me the champion. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I don't I, know, man. I I don't get it. I mean, I think you had a great story there with um, Alexander finally winning the title after everything, and you just didn't need to insert the Moose stuff. I just it just was a bad decision to me, and that's not just because I think you know Moose is problematic. I just don't understand the need for that swerve. It just I don't feel like you needed to do that. Um. Yeah. I mean. Look, there's nothing worse to me than title changes without an actual <laughs> match. Nothing. Right. There's very few things right. I hate more than that. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's across the board. I Whether it's a title exchange, whether it's a cash-in, like, I feel like... Just not a fan. I'm just not a fan of mm-hmm. changing titles without a match having taken place. And, like, it. it's just... It's my least favorite thing. I feel like that should have just like remained edges thing, right? <laughs> because at, at least then it was like unique to to somebody. But otherwise, right. I just hate it. You I know what? It, I'll, sh- I'll shoot Moose some bail though. I saw a lot of people that were excited that this happened. They were stoked that the the way that he did it. They were happy. Like they they there are a lot of people that are on Team Moose, and for that, that's cool. But you know, I I mean. I tr- I'm trying to just get past all the shit that Moose is in to just be like, hey, great, great win. But it's just like really hard. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try it for a minute. Hey, Moose, great win, man. Black world champion. Your impact. Yeah. That's Breakfast. all I got. That's uh, all I got. Uh, 
No, I, I mean, listen, <laughs> so I got. Mo- I don't know. Moose is Moose is drastically improved as a wrestler. I he's a great wrestler. Oh my he's god, he's improved a lot as a wrestler. When the like bell that, rings, man, that match with Rich Swan a few months ago. Ooh, was that match was great. Insane. Um, yeah, he had to, he had a run of great matches during that time. So I mean, man, this isn't about, about him being a bad wrestler. It's just right. kind of the other outside of wrestling things that yeah. make him look bad. Exactly. And then also, I just feel like everybody was behind Alexander, and it. It's not bad to give the heels something to give him heat, but I just didn't feel like it added anything to this pay-per-view. I just feel like it mm-hmm. it sent people home unhappy for no reason. Right. And man, if this is the end of the impact and AEW partnership, it's not a good sign that the first first show you really did that was a big show without Omega, a lot of people didn't like it. <laughs> and I that, that's not a good sign to me. That's not. <laughs> um yeah, that so yeah, that that is uh, that's a, a good story. point. There is a story, of course, out that this is the um, end of the partnership. Now, the, there's a lot of like negative spin with that, but apparently, this has been the plan for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it was always, I guess they said since the spring, plan to end it bound for glory. Right, uh, and that that's not to say that the door is not open to continue doing more. Because um, you could start to see certain things uh, play out, like back at All Out when. Uh, uh, Brian showed up, and the there's that final shot of the elite staring down uh, with Brian and Christian and Jurassic Express. Uh, for whatever reason, the Good Brothers like disappeared. Like mm-hmm. they were there for the moment when Brian and everybody showed up, but the stare down was between just the four members of the elite and the four guys in the ring, and mm. you didn't see uh, Gallows and Anderson at all. It's like they were told like get out of the shot, make sure this is between these guys. And now, like, we haven't seen them in a while. Like, it's almost they've been kind of heading in that direction of, like, easing them out. It's mm-hmm. not as if they're, like, gone. They even tweeted, like, we're still members of the elite. Don't, don't yeah. get it twisted. We're still here. Um, it's just that, they're, you know, we're not working with them right now. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, I think that... As you know, there's questions about, you know, what did this, who did this partnership benefit? Uh, and I think it's kind of clear who it did in that, like, you know, when people say Impact got nothing out of this partnership, I disagree. I think Impact got to close out a lot of uh, loose ends. Like, yep. Christian got to have closure with Impact. Yep. Like, are you kidding me? Um, yeah. You'll... You know, I obviously Christian, the majority of Christian's career is going to be known off of his WWF run and being tagged with Edge. But ultimately, Christian had his like biggest singles performances in Impact. And uh, that was a run that kind of ended in a way where he probably didn't want it to end that way. You know, right. he didn't want it to end on a negative note. Because, like, he did have uh, a big singles run, and then Impact itself got so wrapped up in signing all those other guys that they just kind of cast Christian off to the side. And, like, you know, he got this time he got to end it as champion and right. it got to put a, a pin in it. Frankie, with, Kazarian, uh, with this, uh, who, who benefited most? I want to know what did what does AEW have to do to get you to watch Impact Wrestling? Because that's what this all comes down to. Why yeah. is it AEW's fault that you're not still watching Impact Wrestling? <laughs> It's not AEW's fault that you didn't stick around. I, it's I your mean, fault. <laughs> you I know mean, what I mean? 
Omega gave you several great title defenses on yeah. Impact pay-per-views. And to mm-hmm. say that they got nothing from that in a time where what they were struggling to build main eventers. And yes. they AEW gave you a ready-made main eventer who mm-hmm. was one of the biggest stars in the industry. So to say that they didn't they didn't benefit from that is just insane. Well, That's crazy. And, and, and the other thing too is like I look at it as Impact, the biggest benefit to me for Impact was that Impact had to come back without fans impact had, and that's a lot tougher than really anybody it wwe is. had to uh wwe has the built-in ability to say that one they're wwe mm-hmm. and um and they had the resources to build something like the thunderdome eventually aew had daily's place which is a really unique outdoor venue and they were able to bring in fans months into the the start of the pandemic they started bringing right. in fans last august uh mm. so like they at least had that going for them. Impact really just had a studio right. uh, to wrestle out of that I think looked okay, but for the mm-hmm. most part, dead silence. And yeah, it's no it, and it's uh, it's a harder sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like they they needed some kind of hook, and I feel like Kenny was that hook for them for a long time. Um, yes. And now Impact is back to having fans. Um, they're back to having pay-per-views at locations. Like honestly, now it's it's back on impact. But mm-hmm. you know, it was a little bit of a boost for them to be able to to get to work with another promotion for a little while. And they they're still you know the New Japan's working with everybody right now. The Forbidden Door is still open. Yeah, they're um, doing a lot of great things at Impact. Just watch Impact, you guys. That's how you get them man, in a better position. I, <laughs> now, I, I will say this. Uh, uh, oh, and back back to the shout out. Uh, I just want to bring up what Tim said. He said Stone Cold made a pizza out of Booker. Yeah, that talking about uh, comedy and stuff. That but yeah, uh, yeah, as far as uh, uh, one of the things that I didn't like out of Bound for Glory also, and I knew it was going to happen, but the other thing I'm not a huge fan of is people coming in and winning titles. Uh, mm. And because I feel like it undermines the division you have yes. in place. Yes. And yes. So, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. I agree. Hard agree. So, hey, the, well, I will say this: I I saw some people that were pretty mad about the Mickey one. I thought Mickey winning was fine because Mickey is like, a different story. Yeah, I was Mickey's talking. I was talking about the, tag, the inspiration. The tag, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like Mickey coming. Like I saw some people that were saying this makes Deanna look bad, and I was like, no, it doesn't because. They've built up that she's beating all these other legends and to have Mickey be the one that goes, no, 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 you're not going to get one over me. And I was also confused because when Mickey was with WWE, she was there from 2016, right? Yeah. We wanted her to get another world title reign, and she got that. Why are we mad about it now? Mm -hmm. That didn't make sense to me. Um, Um, Yeah, so I feel like with Mickey, it's a case of, like that to me feels more like a Rocky type run, right? Where like she... She's coming back to the place that uh, to the house she kind of built mm-hmm. and like is is uh, returning to remind people, you know, I still got this mm-hmm. uh, and this is a title that I held more than anybody. Right. And uh, and of course, Deanna's still going to. Yeah, and they've been I, setting I, this up for months. Like it's, yeah, a long it's been in the works since Slammiversary. Yeah. So I'm good with Deanna. Uh, what I am. Shout annoyed by is that, that yeah quick too. i'm good i'm good with mickey james and diana uh and i'm good with mickey james winning the title i actually don't mind that at all and i think mm-hmm. diana it, it was a great match by great the way. match yeah very good match. uh and and Deanna's like, gonna get it back and if Eventually, she doesn't yeah. like honestly i think 
the future the is sky high for Diana. And uh, I think whether it's with Impact or whether it's anywhere else, I think the fact that she got to to create a new name for herself and create a new presence for herself, uh, there's so much more for Diana. She, um, she doesn't she doesn't need the title at this point. Yeah. I feel no, like she she's doesn't. already legitimized how great she is yep. over the last year or so. Yep. That said, uh, talking about uh, the inspiration coming in and just winning the titles, uh, I hate that. I hate yeah. the idea of somebody just entering, never having been in that division before, never having been in the promotion before, and winning a title. It's my least favorite thing. Uh, I. It doesn't matter where it happens. I am not a fan of somebody coming in and winning a championship because I feel like that undermines the division as it previously existed now uh and, and right now um the knockouts tag division was supposed to be showing us how it's done uh and it i feel like it really hasn't been the last like three or four months mm-hmm. uh and so i i was a little annoyed by that them uh, losing kira and you know them breaking yeah. up fire right. flavors it's, yeah it just yeah, yeah and that was exactly the point it was, was a big making. hit for them Yes. Yeah, and I, I will say this. Um, the only reason shout out Jabari, that, by the way. Hey, um, the only reason that I was fine with it is that um, Impact's tag division doesn't have any established tag teams anymore. Like they are all like kind of put together tag teams. Like they mm-hmm. lost all of their good established tag team. Mm-hmm. And so when you bring in a team that is a tag team and they know each other you know, back and forth and they right. immediately came in and looked like big stars with the entrance and everything, which I thought the entrance was good. Um, I thought it made perfect sense for the established team to win. I felt okay. like if they had come in as an established team and, and lost to uh decay, it would have been kind of like, well, that's a very WWE thing to do. And that was the only okay. reason why it didn't bother me. Yeah. I see. I'm like trying to think of their established teams now, and I'm like, yeah, they, they, they the women them? for the women, they don't have any, um, right? And that's it. That's not a knock, by the way, on the inspiration. Uh, I'm not one of those people that doesn't like the iconics, um, or the iconic yeah. duo, or whatever you want to know them as. I actually do like them as performers. I think, um, uh, Billy Kay or Jessica, I think she's one of the funniest people in pro wrestling, male or female. I mm. think she's just so damn funny and uh so but like i just i don't like bringing people in and winning titles uh i we got a couple of super chats i want to read uh we'll start with uh shanika who says uh let us not forget how impact also yanked their twitch simulcast big mistake i am huge mistake huge mistake yeah Yeah, i agree just keep that going Uh, there's no reason not to keep doing that but i i think monetarily there might be uh, and I think ultimately they wanted because it's not just about getting eyes on your show; it's also about getting eyes that make money on your show. Um, right. You know, TV rights uh, obviously are, are way bigger than streaming rights; they just are. Uh, and I don't believe there was much rights happening at all with Twitch. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong there. Let me know. But I I'm pretty sure monetarily that was probably a loss leader to just put the show out for free. Uh, to Twitch viewers. Impact just is unfortunate because they never are on a network that like people have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've got to get off Access. Access is a dud to me. Right, but right, the problem yeah, is, they gotta uh, go somewhere, man. Problem is Access is owned by Anthem, right? So like right. Uh, yeah. that's yeah. that's actually uh almost uh 
easy for them. Uh, and Matt right. said, thoughts on the lip singing uh, entrance for the inspiration? <laughs> it was corny, but it was fun. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was corny, but it fit who they are. And that's why yeah. I thought it was it was perfect. It fit who, who they are as a tag team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll say this, uh, because, you know, Impact has had some... They've actually kind of lucked into some, like, crazy great TV deals. And then, on the other hand, uh, right now, you know, they don't really have, like, a TV deal per se. They they just happen to be on the network that owns uh, – on a network that's owned by the company that owns them. Right. Uh, so, if anything, it's more of, like, a WCW-type situation where at least now they never have to worry about negotiations or anything like that. Because, mm-hmm. like, Spike was big for them because uh, we tend to under – like, history – kind of undermines how big of a deal spike was mm-hmm. because um history has kind of rewritten the fact that wwe willingly went back to usa network that's not what happened usa or spike actually canceled raw uh mm-hmm. if you literally look up the headline um i could even pull this up uh let's see if spike cancels raw uh it was there it is. Variety posted an article March 10th, 2005. Spike TV smacks down WWE. Uh, uh, Spike TV has severed ties with Vince McMahon as World Wrestling Entertainment, effectively ending its run on um, the cabler this fall. Like, that was the thing. Loser. They did not. So pissed. They did not willingly go back to USA Network. Um, that was one of those we came crawling back to USA Network because Spike gave him the boot. Because Spike ultimately wanted more in house produced content at the time now ultimately right. history has vindicated wwe because spike tv is no more wwe in usa mm-hmm. network still going vincent um, vincent usa <laughs> are you up text he was like hey <laughs> hey, hey big kid hey big kid <laughs> <laughs> but like so so the thing was it was big for impact to end up on spike because of the fact that uh spike was doing so well with the ultimate fighter with all the ufc content they had and like uh all of a sudden they had a wrestling void they needed to fill and they had just given raw the boot and they had picked up um impact because it was uh it was easier content for them and it was more of an in-house produced content uh because spike tv was handling the production at the time uh and that was a great deal for them and that's why Mm -hmm. like production shifted so hard when they left Spike and went to, I think it was Pop was after that, right? And then Destination mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up on uh, um, where they are now on Access. Uh, I mean, it is crazy. Impact has been uh, on, I think Impact and SmackDown oh, like have the record for the most network changes for, um, I think, any TV show ever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that's kind of nuts. But anyway, as far as Down for Glory was concerned, that was Pound for glory. Uh, ah, man, it, man, a, a huge mixed bag. There were good things about yeah. the show, but it just closed on a sour note for me. Yeah. Um, I liked uh, the X Division. Uh, Trey Miguel's the new champion. That was dope. That was you know? a, they, that they was they a phenomenal some, match, too. Yeah, they had some shining moments for sure, but. Yeah, and shout out to Trey. All right, Trey has yeah. been trying to win that title for a long time. Yeah. I think it was like his 10th attempt. Mm-hmm. And so it was cool to see him finally win it. I really yep. like the, uh, the Spider-Man match. gear he's doing now. He's killing it. He He's one of the most innovative wrestlers in the world. He does some crazy stuff. Yeah. 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 
Um, and Myron, uh, shout out for the super chat. Thank you, Myron. Always appreciate the super chat. He said, Impact needs uh, more women to compliment Deanna. And, oh, we forgot yeah. Jordan. One yeah, and Jordan. Media champion. Yep. Yeah. Um, losing Kira and Taya hurt them. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I mean, it's there's there's a lot of fracturing in women's wrestling going on right now um, that what? may actually find itself repaired by um, the number one story that we're going to get to in just a moment. But uh, I want to talk about our dude, Biggie. Um, he's doing it, man. He is it. he is killing it. And uh, it's so beautiful to see. I think someone just said, I think Booker T might be the first wrestler ever on the Breakfast Club. I'm not 100 percent positive about that, but it sounds pretty correct. And yeah. as the WWE champion, like, of course, you know, the biggie yeah, WWE champion uh, on the Breakfast Club. Um, there's just so much. There's just so much greatness for the culture happening there right. that yeah, I'm just, that's like, just like. It was that's... good, and he's there with the WWE Championship, mm-hmm. um, and it, that that's always good for pro wrestling. He's there. He's getting to talk about representation in pro wrestling, which is always a good thing. And he's talking about it on a platform that more people should be hearing about representation in pro wrestling because there's uh, even as representation has gotten better and is getting better. There's you. You talk to non wrestling fans about it; they still think wrestling is for hicks. And uh, so yep. it is. Every time uh, I tell someone I write for wrestling, they're like, "You? Are you sure?" Yeah, Those they're t- like, "Yeah." They they never get it. They're like, "Oh, that stuff the rednecks like." Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, and it, <laughs> right? And and so like I, um, so I, I I get it, and I feel like um this is a very very good thing. And seeing Big E getting to make appearances on uh, college football and just mm-hmm. all these places, I honestly I think it's the coolest thing in the world. And uh, I feel like this is the most play I've seen the WWE Championship get in years, uh, because the WWE Championship has really been treated as secondary to the Universal right. uh, for a long time. And you know, this almost, is I, honestly funny in the context they... of WWE, it still is. But uh, they, they talk about uh, they talk about media and like it, when you become the WWE champion, you have to do all these things and you have to go on Today Show and you have to do all that. But like Roman, don't be doing none of this. Roman ain't outside. Roman is not Roman outside. outside. Roman is at SmackDown. He is not outside. He's not at the Today Show. He's not at. He's not anywhere. Big E has been out side bro he was at that boxing match he's been at college football he's been at the breakfast club he's yeah, been uh, at the barber shop with the uh, wwe championship my brother man, has that culture outside it's culture and it's going down and we love biggie it man it's amazing to see that he's like uh just like i said i, I tweeted a couple of days ago that i actually had an interview with biggie for it'll be coming out in pwi the magazine and it was amazing he just kind of talked about the same things he talked about on the Breakfast Club of, of, of representation and and being super excited about Bianca being the world champion and and that it's different out here for black wrestlers and even black wrestling fans. You know, we have representation that we haven't had. We haven't had different types of black wrestlers that aren't stereotypical, and we haven't even had some that are stereotypical that that we could just get behind and and enjoy. And Big E is doing everything that we love. And he's doing, he's, he's, uh, 
doing all the media stops that like a rapper that's having a great album that's doing doing and it's like i relate to that i relate seeing biggie on the breakfast club i relate to seeing him announcing on a boxing match like that makes me feel good to see as a black wrestling fan so yeah it's been great for biggie man i love it totally agree it it definitely looks like he's on the press run he's on the press yep. tour as yeah. champion and i just mm-hmm. love to see it especially because he's coming to our outlets it's not like right. he's going to their outlet to do it no. and when i say our you know what i mean so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it, it, i just love to see it i mean hey i didn't i didn't watch the whole interview yet i did watch the clip um but man it's just cool to see him out here thriving because he deserves it yeah no i i'm i'm so happy for biggie uh, because I feel like he's also the right guy to be doing it. Like, right. um, yeah. the fact that, right. uh, he is so versed in every single thing he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, Oh my I God. Gave, so intelligent. Jeez, I gave, uh, you know, I gave Woods the props last week for being such an ambassador, such a great ambassador, but Big E is too. Um, mm-hmm. and that Big E is a guy you can have these conversations with and, and come away with something good. Right. And uh, I'm just I'm real happy to. I think to he's it. I think he sat back and studied like he's been, you know, in WWE on the main roster for almost 10 years. And like he's just mm-hmm. sat back and studied all everybody that's came before him and what they did. And he's figured out how he was going to do it his way. And his way is so great. Man, yeah, I love it. it it's is. great to love see. Biggie. Um, and Terrence uh, said, Bad News Brown should have had a run as WWE oh, champion. Oh, my goodness. He should have beat Hogan. We all know that for sure. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. set up, dude. He was set up. He was one of the baddest. Like, you just knew, like, okay, like, wrestling is, you know, it's not, you know, on the up and up. Everything real isn't happening here. But, like, you don't want to run into this guy in a dark alley, dude. He would, like, <laughs> he would destroy your life. Definitely yeah. don't. So, just, I'm real happy for Biggie. And- yeah. This is this is cool. Um, I am curious because uh, there was a big ladder match on Raw this week mm-hmm. uh, between pretty much I, everybody in it was drafted. Um, matter of fact, I am Raw is interesting because at a glance, especially if you don't watch SmackDown, which I feel like mm-hmm. there's very few people who watch Raw but don't watch SmackDown, so it's mm-hmm. probably being far between but let's say you don't just because you don't have time on fridays raw in the last like two months kind of flushed its entire main event scene down like smackdown at least still has elements of what it was before and that roman reigns is still the top guy so the bloodline is all still the top act on smackdown but raw everything's gone mm-hmm. <laughs> everything i had I mean, like, bobby lashley is still there obviously but he wasn't on tv this week um and then also by the way this Hurt Business reunion is so far no good. And uh, I wanted to see it be a whole lot better. Yeah, I don't like, know. The fact it, that, like... They, they were just trying to do an angle that one night. They were like, I yeah, know, let's put the because... Hurt Business back together. And then nothing else. Because um, you, you brought in... Um, uh, they brought in Cedric in, uh, in Shelton to do their thing. And yeah, they... I mean, the, the way they came in and Goldberg kind of made short work of him and now Keith Lee beat him. And uh, I saw, you know, I have to give a shout out to, because uh, I'm going to steal this point from from Bix, uh, David Bixenspan, in which he said, how could you sign Big E, or not Big E, how could you sign Keith Lee 
and essentially remove all the things that made him Keith Lee because like everything Keith Lee about him is no longer there. Like you don't want him wrestling like Keith Lee anymore. You want they him, want and you him, want him to be Mark Henry. I'll say <laughs> it once. And I've said it again. The reason that Keith Lee doesn't work is because they try to make him into Mark Henry. They're trying to make him the strong guy that does strong things and bends flying plans in half. And for, no, he's not Mark Henry, bro. He That's does flips. He does hurricane yeah. runners. He runs. He jumps. He does crazy stuff. They took everything away about him. Like I said, I tweeted the other day. He was limitless, which they convinced him that wasn't a gimmick, but it's totally a gimmick. A big black man that can do extraordinary things that I mean, big can't... black men aren't supposed to do. How is that not a gimmick? I'm inspired by that. I used to be a chubby kid. I'm a chubby black kid. I'm inspired by Keith Lee. How do you take that away and make him a fucking bear? I mean, yeah. So, like, I, I <laughs> you know, I, I feel like this is part of why I don't mind NXT 2.0. Because I feel like, ultimately, WWE needs a wrestler factory. Um, because yeah. the thing I don't want to see them do is take guys who have <laughs> stuff. Well, because I don't want to see them take guys who had stuff going for them and essentially beat that out of them. Where it's mm-hmm. like, no, nah, that, that's not what we want. Um, then it's like, then why did you sign me? Why did right, you sign yeah. me if you essentially don't want me to be me? Uh, you want me to be something else. So like, you honestly, just want my body type. Like, get a wrestler factory where you can make these wrestlers. But like, uh, and that's what NXT Create 2.0 ultimately needs to be. You need to be creating wrestlers <laughs> because signing guys to turn them into something else that sucks. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that anymore. And like, just wasting wa- everybody's time. Yeah, and I'm watching it happen with Keith Lee. And, uh, like, why? Why did you sign Keith Lee? If he, what is the gimmick? If, Explain to me right now what the gimmick is besides growling. <laughs> oh, he's a bear now? What is this? What's a bear cat? Man, Somebody explain but, it to me. Tweet it. Man, I feel like you stepped on such a great point, though, Reg, in that they took, they took a black guy whose gimmick was that I'm limitless. I can do anything. And they essentially told black fans, no, he can't do it. <laughs> right, and that yes. is really kind of That's like crazy. That is sad when you think about it. It's like, it is. Why though? They were and like, I mean, no, actually not. No, 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 no. You and can't. I mean, look, I think Biggie is going to, I mean, not Biggie. I think he is going to run with this. And I think he's going to try and do the best he can with this gimmick. And I, you know, I have faith that he will do good things, but I just feel like, if you're not in there and you don't have a voice in the room where you can fight for your character and fight right. for what you want to do, mm-hmm. they're just going to jerk you around. They are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just nah, that I, happy, happy to be here. If he's happy to be here, we can make him do whatever the fuck we want. And it's like, I'm happy for you to get the paycheck, but read that little, there's a, uh, I saw a tweet on John Moxley's book. There's like a little page talking about him, his last months yeah. in WWE and wanting to, just he couldn't take it just read that because that's what a lot of wrestlers are doing that's that's what this is man um and uh so a couple of other uh things so we've been asked in the chat before we get to number one uh because as we talked about dynamite we didn't really talk about uh cody um and the fact because there's a lot they want me to they want me to compliment cody rhodes don't they oh you guys because since since last week a lot has happened Cody did beat um, Malakai Black, and then he cut a promo on Wednesday. Uh, and 
and hey, that promo was fire, man. I'm sorry. I, I like I the promo. I I the it. promo was really good. I, I actually really it. liked the promo, and I liked yeah. him uh, addressing everything. And like, um, I knew he wasn't stupid with the the tiger driver stuff. Like, you right. knew what he was doing when he hooked the arms, mm-hmm. and he knew, uh, he knew the story he was trying to tell with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it it is interesting, uh, in that. I'm, I can't say that Cody should have lost that match. What I will say is that if you didn't want him to win, the match shouldn't have taken place. Because yeah. um, here's the thing. If you are Tony Khan and you're paying... like every, every time Cody's in a situation, people are like, he needs to lose, he needs to lose, he needs to lose. If you... Let's take the EVP out of the equation. If you are simply Tony Khan and you are paying Cody Rhodes as much as you're paying Cody Rhodes... You aren't paying for somebody to lose as much as people want him to. And the thing is, his one loss record's actually not that great. He of all the stars he actually has, I think he's tied with uh, Moxley for the most losses this year, um, as far as like the top talent in AEW. But uh the I don't know. I I thought the the match itself was a little bit overdone. Um, I mon- I honestly just wouldn't have done a third one. Like, if you wanted Malachi to walk away the winner of that feud, yeah. I would have just left it at two. Because um, mm-hmm. I don't feel like Cody should have lost the third. Uh, right. I think and- they both. I think they both told a good story. Malachi with that Instagram post about like, yeah. I did what I needed to do regardless of that loss and stuff. And so, I think they actually stumbled into a great story here with Cody. They've been telling I, that yeah, he had, you know, he hasn't. It, it's essentially like this is Captain America. He can't lose, and then like when you expect him to lose, he doesn't lose, and so like th- eventually the hero becomes the villain. He has to, and on a show he tells the story that he doesn't want to be healed, so he just doesn't want to. He doesn't like being. He doesn't like being booed. He doesn't like this. But if you're forced to, it's going to be even better. They stumbled into a great story. Yeah, I, I I'm curious to see where it goes. Um, I. I don't know. I I will say that what I did like about the promo, and I tweeted this, and, and a lot of people picked up on it. Um, uh, that was one of my like better tweet numbers of the week. But uh, I tweeted about Andrade and how uh, Andrade made his way out, and I thought his promo was a lot better than I would have expected. Um, I think they've spent so much time trying to find a mouthpiece for mm-hmm. Andrade, but like honestly, you don't just have him do that every yeah. week. Um, short and short, sweet, man. Short and sweet. It works. Say what you need to say. And that CM Punk and Eddie Kingston thing, yo. Give him one minute and execute. That's it. Yeah, you know what I mean, that, you don't need man, a lot. You that legit felt, don't need a lot. That felt genuine, and I mm-hmm. felt like the way that that just took off, man. that was good. Uh, shout out, David. By the way, thank you. Hey, for, appreciate you, David. I always appreciate it. Um, um, so, but uh, we got one big thing. story to talk about. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. No, on the Cody thing, I. I think some people want the promo to be bad because he's done other bad promos. So some mm-hmm. so people are now waiting for him to do another bad promo to go, ah, he's terrible at promos. Right. It's not that he's ever been bad at promos. No. He just did this very bad oh. promo. Yeah. Yeah. No, that one promo that one promo wasn't bad because Cody's a bad talker, because Cody's no. one of the best in the business as far as talking is concerned. It was he's like content. one of the guys you would trust to do like the the John Cena type brand ambassador kind of promo. Cody yeah. is that guy. That promo was just tone deaf. That promo just, made it sound, it. you know, he, yeah. that was yeah. the, uh, yeah, and you know what? The reason that promo was tone deaf was wrong time because mm-hmm. like, that's a, 
that was a John Cena promo from 2008, right? Like Definitely. you, you come out mm-hmm. and, and talk about, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be an American, mm-hmm. and Americans come together, and blah yep. blah 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 blah. <laughs> but this ain't. But you look at the the current time. climate, and um, that ain't and, it, ain't the time. Yeah, it, it's yeah. Ain't, it ain't the time. time. Yeah. It was the promo was tone deaf. That's mm-hmm. what made Very it bad. Tone deaf. Right. Uh, so, and, and like because I've I've seen non-American fans like see that promo and go, oh, that was good. You know, the, like the day it aired, the, I saw a lot of, um, you know, like a lot of the UK people that uh, we kind of deal with who were like, yeah, that was a fine promo. Um, missing, because uh, I feel like the context here in America is part of why I watched that promo and went, ooh, no, mm-hmm. no, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, that was a bad one. Uh, yeah, that was bad. Uh, but, yeah, it was just certain things he said there that I think were great. Like, I mean, the... You know, don't forget who who opened the bank line was, mm-hmm. was fired. That was fire. Saying yeah. that I I have a wife that's way too bad for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just said a lot of great things in that. I love that. Hit. What if he I would have hit the pedigree? I love. Yeah. Oh my he, god! He fire. had a lot of great punchlines in it, and I agree that Andrade came out at right the at just the right time. He mocked mm-hmm. him in just the right way. Yeah, I I thought it was a good I thought it was a good segment for what it was. I thought mm-hmm. it set up good things, and I'm glad they brought the um the uh malachi promo to tv they didn't just have it on ig because mm-hmm. it, it it's an important story element so it needs it to be on tv yeah right and finally biggest story of the week woo. ring of honor woo, woo, what woo, happened woo, 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 woo. ring of honor uh so as the story goes ring of honor put out a statement um on uh i want to say it was wednesday and uh, no one was sure what it meant, and I want to pull that up specifically. It should because... shockwaves. We were all just like, "What?" Yeah. So the original <laughs> statement was just uh, kind of talking about Ring of Honor doing some restructuring, uh, and it said, "And I'll read it." said, throughout the pandemic, our top priority was to keep everyone healthy and safe. And despite not producing any live events over 18 months, we were able to keep everyone fully contracted. We now find ourselves at a time where we need to make changes to our business operations and are planning a pivot for Ring of Honor with a new mission and strategy. This year will culminate with final battle in December, and we will be taking the first quarter of 2022 to work internally to reimagine ROH. ROH has uh, has the most dedicated fans in the industry, and we appreciate their loyalty and patience as we reconceptualize ROH. We appreciate returning to live, or appreciate, we anticipate returning to live events in April for the Supercard of Honor with a new fan focused product and provide a new, unique experience for wrestling fans. So, what again, what does that mean? <laughs> so, people weren't quite sure what that meant until Dave Meltzer tweeted. ROH has released everyone. Yes. And then then it was like, oh, shit. Um, now this makes sense. And uh, what happened? And we, we uh, so like now it's become clear what uh, Ring of Honor meant by that. And yeah, uh, Ring of Honor is effectively as we know it no more. Now, that doesn't mean that, of course, you know, it sounds to me like if Ring of Honor does actually come back because a lot of people have been pointing to the old WCW statement from March of 2001 where they were like, we're going to take a few months to to reimagine things and you'll see a new WCW. And then you didn't. Um, So... I saw a lot of people (laughs) tweeting that they're going to come back, but look, people don't forget, man. 
fans and wrestlers. If people are dependent on you and you tell them we're done, they're going to think you're done forever. And before that, people have already been like, they've put Ring of Honor in that. Ring of Honor still exists space or like Ring of Honor still happening. So if you tell them, hey, we we essentially have not, we dropped all of our wrestlers and nothing's happening. People are going to give up. They're, it's going to be really hard to get those people back is the thing that I'm saying. Well, so there's... Um, uh... There's just a lot. There's a lot of uh, questions. And um, as far as uh, what the future holds, there's a lot of... Uh, oh, my God. The story, um, dude. Yeah. So th there's... there's, <laughs> You know, obviously, to me, it sounds like what Ring of Honor is going to become ultimately is like a true indie again in mm -hmm. which, like, nobody's under contract. We run right. shows with guys you like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll bring them in. Just for, like all the other independents. Yeah, yeah it's going to operate more like an independent where nobody's, mm -hmm. like, officially under contract. Mm -hmm. um, which is, uh, I guess, fine. Um, it's not a bad thing, no. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, but the, that, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I it, it does sound like they're going to go back to not trying to compete as a third big promotion. Mm -hmm. um, and that might not be a bad thing for, for at least right now. Right. Uh, so the, of course I feel bad for so many people involved here, you yeah, know, um, damn, man. uh, those that have known me a long time know that, uh, I, I've considered Maria Canellis a, a good friend and, um, I was really happy seeing the work she's been putting in, in Ring of Honor to, uh, really make something happen with their women's division. Women's division has been on fire. Has been on These fire. Last couple months. Feel and really I, bad for Roxy. Yeah. And I feel like, well, the reason I don't feel bad for Roxy is because she's so young. She's and, new. And, yeah, I, I just said that because her title reign just started. It like, just didn't even yes. get a chance to get off the ground. Right. Yes, that's true. I mean, so I, I feel bad. I feel bad. I, I didn't mean to say that because I feel bad for anybody um, who essentially, as I tweeted, uncertainty sucks um to not know what the future is that is one of the worst feelings you could ever have um so just thinking about the what they were doing with their women's division and the people they were bringing in um uh, i feel like anybody um whether it be a vince mcmahon or a tony khan uh would be missing out if they didn't pick up um Maria Kanellis just as somebody who uh, could have vision for uh, because that is the one thing I do feel that um, uh, pro wrestling as a whole needs. Uh, I think that um, telling black stories, for example, I think needs black people telling them. Uh, I think that uh, telling women's stories needs women in the creative position to help tell them better. Uh, mm -hmm. And I feel like that was something that Maria was helping offer Ring of Honor. So I do feel like anybody would be, uh, it would be a mistake to pass her up as far as just having a good vision for a women's division. Um, but yeah, you know, they had literally, uh, you know, I feel like um, Trisha's run was just getting started there. And uh, I think she's going to be, there's a lot of people that I, I feel uh people need to keep their eyes on all of a sudden now she's one of them mm -hmm. um and <clears throat> uh shout out to uh david 
who says, uh, all three of your personalities are distinct and offer great insight with wonderful chemistry. Uh, someone please sign AJ Gray and Darius Carter, and AEW can now rectify the mistake of not signing Trish Adora. Again, she's one that uh, anybody should be taking sure. uh, a look at right now. Um, Trish will be, actually, we are just talking about Impact. I think she'd actually do pretty great in Impact, actually. Too. I think she would be incredible with Impact. I, mm-hmm. I think she's going to do great anywhere she goes. But yeah. I think somewhere like Impact, where she can mm-hmm. become like the main star of that brand, exactly. would be amazing. Right. Um, and then also, you know, a lot of people have been talking about STP. Uh, mm-hmm. And that goes back to the beginning of this conversation uh, where we got a super chat. Uh, and I, I want to go back to it now um, because I want to make sure that we don't lose sight of that. And of course, I can't scroll back that far. I wrote uh, down three so, names. I want, somebody said, What do we think is going to happen with Gresham, Madora, and Lethal? Um, yes. I think Gresham is AEW bound, one mm-hmm. million percent. There's 1, no way he percent. can't be. Um, I actually think Lethal's going to go to WWE if I had to put money on it because I think for a long time he has been a wrestler that has kind of – I think Ring of Honor has been great for him, but also I think it's kind of stopped a lot of things he could have done. I think like he probably enjoyed – he probably it felt like a lifer for Ring of Honor. But I feel like he probably would have been in WWE if it wasn't for Ring of Honor. So I just think that he's honestly end up there. Uh, I would be shocked to see Lethal end up a lot of places, um, just because you know there's there's a little bit of a reputation around Jay Lethal. Oh to, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of blocked that out of my brain. I and didn't yeah. get about that. And so the Sorry, the Lethal. thing about Jay Lethal is. Uh, I feel like if it was going to happen for him, it would have happened already. It would have um, happened. You know. I forget about this reputation, man. Yeah. Damn it, so, damn, it yeah. damn it, damn it. I mean, to be honest, he, he could still end up somewhere big like WWE. I feel like he's been pigeonholed so long as right. the ROH guy. Yep. Now, I feel like there's a chance for him to go somewhere and really show people that he's more than that. Um, mm-hmm. But the crazy part is I feel the opposite progression because I know that being at Ring of Honor was his dream. It was a, it was a big part of why he stayed there because he wanted to be. He wanted you know, to bring the, Ring of Honor back to where he they want, were. Yeah, he wanted yep. to reestablish it, and he mm-hmm. believed in that company so much. So I was really Definitely. sad that he didn't get a chance to yep. win the world title oh. and, and lead the company into its new era. And right. he might still get a chance to do that when it comes yep. back as its new thing, but it's just sad that it's going the way it is. And I mean, I still think he's going to thrive no matter where he goes. Cause he's still one of the best in the industry, but it's just sad that he didn't get to do what he set out to do. Man. Yeah. Right. And they still have a show coming up too. They, they're still going to do final battle in December. So we don't really, we don't know anything that's going to happen there. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, there's so many angles in this where it's sad because I, they were one of the few companies during the pandemic that made sure to continue to pay their wrestlers. Yep. They didn't, they didn't release anybody. They kept them safe with the ROH bubble. Like they were one of the best companies out there. And honestly, like this, this didn't come down from ring of honor. This came down from mm -hmm. Sinclair broadcasting. Um, Right. And so there, there is, because I saw some people knocking ring of honor for releasing people. Yeah. Yeah. This, it's not a, it's this not was a, above them. Mm-hmm. Um, this was uh, like Joe Coff has done. Uh, he's been really candid about everything. I uh, did a great interview with PW Insider. Uh, it's, it's, you know, honestly, this is just the, a really unfortunate situation. Um, D'Lo, by the way, D'Lo digs in the chat, says, is it just me or with Danielson um, winning matches in different ways is a nod to a match with uh, Gresham because that's what John did in 
uh, ROH is pure champ. the match. <laughs> Tony Khan. Mean... Tony Khan, book the match. Uh-huh. Terrence we says, uh, I hate what has happened to ROH, but if I am TK, I'm negotiating for Adora, Lethal, Gresham, etc., along with the library. Um, origin story. Yeah, you need that prices. library, too. Honestly, that, ra- that library... Yeah. Because I've seen people say that they want WWE to take it because no. of the network. No. Um, yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, I think had the network still existed, that yes. might be a possibility. Exactly. But exactly. Um, if Not you notice, Peacock. like Peacock. No, Peacock, Peacock kind of bought the WWE network as it was. Um, I don't know that Peacock is necessarily interested in... Um, old wrestling from other promotions that's not wwe they want new wwe content um and that's really what they're after that billion dollars was not necessarily for um adding ring of honor to peacock um i do think that there is a lot of value for you know there's talks that AEW could be launching um or launching on a streaming service uh but i think the value for tony is in the fact that he has cm punk he has cm punk talking about his ring of honor run and uh you want access to that you have brian danielson the american dragon uh which you can show people is not a new thing this is a guy who's been the american dragon for a real Uh, long time um you have the young bucks you have like the thing is you're telling all this uh the the stuff with the elite um and but you don't necessarily have access to the elites content prior to aew Nah, you would. Um, I mean, if anything, just buy your first pay per view that you guys did. Well, yeah, and then the thing is, all so the crazy thing about All In is that that is such a uh, a weird um, piece of ownership, right? Because All In, the footage is owned by Ring of Honor, but the name All In belongs to the Young Bucks. That name was actually re- or the trademark was registered to Killing the Business Inc. in 2018, and then I think. In late 2020, they transferred the uh, the rights to Tony um, of the name All In, but like the content of All In still belongs to mm. uh, to Ring of Honor. So like that that's that's the stuff that they they would like to have as well. Um, and yeah, so because I see somebody in the chat just said All In is owned by ROH. Like mm-hmm. I said, the footage of All In owned by ROH. The yeah. name. Uh, was actually trademarked by the Bucks. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's... <laughs> that's Yeah, man. Uh, Ring um, of Honor, man. Look, yeah. I just want to pay tribute. Ring of Honor has been... Uh, uh, it, they were coming up on 20 years in 2022. Uh, they started in 2002. Um, I brought... I remember ordering three Ring of Honor tapes from a tape trader, uh, the mm-hmm. first three shows, and I was immediately blown away. I was obsessed with the Amazing Red, anything that the Amazing Red was on, I had to see this. And so since then, Ring of Honor has been that independent promotion where you go to see the toughest wrestlers. My favorite independent wrestling match of all time took place in Ring of Honor, Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kobashi, the most insane match you've ever seen in your whole life. And they have so many classics like that, the Dragon Gate Six Man. They've done so many things. I'm sad to see what has happened here. I hope that something can happen. And even more than that, all these incredible wrestlers. Kenny King has been in ROH for who knows how long. What's going to happen with Kenny King? You know what I mean? Like, there's so many wrestlers like this that are just like, you thought they were going to be with ROH for life because they've done so many things for them. Mm -hmm. And, like, here's a whole new world. Like, uh, Silas Young was like, oh, I took my first 
booking independent booking in six years like these are people that were like roh is forever and to see that everything is now up in the air it's it's uh it's it's a lot it's sad yeah i hope that you know you know it it works out a lot of these people are gonna have places to go so that's that's a good thing but like you know what about the rest of them uh and uh just a couple more super chats uh easy attack said i think AEW needs uh black vets that can uh, easily be put in main event scene like Kenny King or Lethal. Kenny um, King. The knock on uh, the blacks they have. God, I, I hate wording it that way. Um, <laughs> that sounds wild. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Not the blacks. <laughs> Not the blacks. Uh, they have right now outside of Sky is that they Not aren't the ready. <laughs> uh, Terrence says, uh, and to add, along with the library rights, AEW has a potential streaming partner with PWG and Mission Pro to provide Man, more content. Super Dragon has not given up that those PWG streaming rights. <laughs> no, he is not. It takes a year to get a DVD, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, to add to what, uh, what Reg was saying, like the other really sad part about this is I think some new wrestling fans don't understand just how important Ring of Honor is to mm-hmm. modern wrestling. Yeah. Like, I mean, just AEW alone, AEW doesn't exist in a way that it does without Ring of Honor, not just because the, the infrastructure that they lent them to do all in, but just everything that the Bucks and, and Omega managed to do with Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, the way that Cody reinvented himself as Ring of Honor as world mm-hmm. champion. Um, Adam Cole Shoot. was Ring of Honor world champ too. Like yeah, he, I mean, so many, th- you know. I mean, even, but like I mean, honestly, and, and I think that um, just as a whole, I think wrestling was was shaped by Ring of Honor because, like, absolutely. you go on the other side, you look at Seth Rollins, right? Like, yep. you look at Kevin w- Owens, w- you look at um, that. Uh, the Ring of Honor was it, it's such a crazy roller coaster ride. Uh, of so many things that happened because you know CM Punk era Ring of Honor uh, came along and then you know Ring of Honor got a TV deal with HDNet mm-hmm. which is now known as Access um, right. and the HDNet deal Slash the Porpoise shout out yeah. rest in peace to uh, Mike Hodgewood I think yeah. his name was HDNet uh, ROH uh, and I forgot he passed um, yeah. yeah and then the but people yeah, forget it, that like the undisputed era is essentially an ROH faction yes that's pretty Man, much what they I built mean, that off of I mean, if you look at NXT, Ring of Honor birthed NXT. Yeah, that's what I was Every- gonna say. Yeah, right. th- that's where I was going with that. Was that really it leads to uh, NXT's existence? Really, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, NXT was basically the highly Ring produced Light. Ring of Honor. It was yeah. hot, it was highly produced Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. uh, and it was, it was the covered version of Ring of Honor. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. Terrence yeah. says NXT version 1.0 doesn't exist without mm-hmm. Ring of Honor, um, no, and that's fair. true. You know, right, and Ring of Honor they they had their ups and downs, right? Because you know, uh, there's Jim Cornette era Ring of Honor, which um, which has had its issues because. Uh, you know, there's if you talk to anybody who was around in that period, there's a reason why it's talked about the way it is because Jim Cornette had his uh, had guys he didn't like and refused to push and refused to use. And you know, he had his beef with guys like Kevin Owens and the Young mm-hmm. Bucks and all of that. And then as soon as he left Ring of Honor, those guys all made money for Ring of Honor. So, um, that's that's honestly when you hear the beef with those guys uh and they'll and jim cornette will say it's for because of this and they'll say it's because of one thing it comes down to the fact that jim cornette didn't like him wasn't going to use him as mm-hmm. soon as he left they made money with ring of honor and like right. ring of honor did better 
with them than it did under him. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean, that's what we, it all comes down to. We, we um, can just say it that Cornette was wrong because I mean, yeah. when you really look at some of the guys that succeeded after him. Uh-huh. Like Kevin Owens is a prime example of that. Kevin Owens is a massive star, man. Yeah, yeah. he became world champ. Like, come yeah. on, yeah. and he, 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 uh, but they, those were the guys that um, he didn't want to use, and the, like the the elites run uh, with Ring of Honor, the Bullet Club, all of that stuff. Um, some can yeah. say that them leaving did more damage, but the fact is, they don't sell out Madison Square Garden without them. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, they don't. Ring of Honor opened the door for companies to partner with New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't think the partnership the Impact has with New Japan right now would be reestablished if Ring of Honor didn't do so well with it. Right. Yeah, because so, New Japan was sour on Impact for sure. Yes, they were. So we have, uh, as it uh, as we've come to it, run out of time. However, um, I am putting this out there. This is not something I've talked to Phil and Reg about at all, uh, but it's just an idea I literally just had. Because uh, we put out the the Ask Grab City topic uh, last night, and I was hoping we were going to have more time to get to that, uh, and all of a sudden we haven't. So I kind of want to dedicate next week's show to kind of answering some topics uh, yeah. and answering some questions that um, people have had for us. So um, next week, what do you guys think? The hashtag Ask Grab City. Next, next week, week we Ask Grab City. Yeah, yes. I like yeah, it. Sounds perfect. I, I feel like we owe our fans because we put that tweet out there, and yeah. you guys mm-hmm. got us to 1,000 in in minutes oh my god and that was Thank amazing you so yeah you know so, uh, i, I want to get to all of that and i want to answer all of that stuff um there's a lot i want to talk about next week uh but unfortunately i have to like be on the road in less than 60 seconds so <laughs> and, like literally i got a wet washcloth right here i'm about to like wipe off my face and like uh, white man as, as a matter of fact uh, i'm gonna just start right now, now because <laughs> b-o-o-s-i-e <laughs> Yo, it's Graf City, Righteous it's Graf City, Reg. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, on, uh, Righteous Reg, Philip Lindsay. You know thank you for up. being, thank you for <laughs> being with us. Uh, and uh, we will be back same time at noon Eastern, uh, nine a.m. Pacific, right here, YouTube.com/slash Fightful. I oh. am Will Washington. Uh, he is Philip Lindsay. He's Righteous Reg. Righteous we will Reg, see you next time. Hours. Yep. <laughs> we'll have a great day. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.